for 15. Oh. <laughs> oh shit. <clears throat> Recorded live. Um. I felt the need to start. Hello. <laughs> Hello, welcome to um, Claude and Justin talking about uh, 30 Rock at the moment. I guess so, yeah, for the moment. Un momento. Right. So, right. you saw the last couple of episodes? Yeah. Uh, so, I have not seen episodes one through nine, but I've seen everything after that up to the most recent one. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, there's a a very specific reason for that and that's that those are the ones that were online and immediately available Uh uh-huh the ones before that were not so i see i see they would have required extra effort to actually get them and so anyway i will watch them eventually but i haven't seen them was the first one you saw when she met uh the guy from mad men the first one I saw was Generalissimo. So yes or no? Okay, that's actually no. I think she had already met him by that point, or maybe I'm wrong. I don't even know. No, I think yeah. I'm looking at the description. I think that was their where... first date, I think. No, Valentine's Day was the first date. That was oh really? Yeah. What? That doesn't make sense. Valentine's Day was after that. Yeah, Valentine's, Valentine's Day was, was the next episode. episode. Yeah. Oh, so she. That was their first date. Oh no, their their real first date. Then they did, then they did a do over because the first date was was her drugging him. Oh the oh the first uh, okay yeah 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 it wasn't really a date but it was like a yeah yeah it was a it was a come over to my house and I'll drug you and so yeah yeah about that yeah so uh, but uh, yeah I think that was Generalissimo so I think uh, that was episode ten yeah so that's good though I just meant that. Uh, that was the beginning of a new arc, really. So. Oh, okay, so, yes, yeah. yeah. So I guess I did get to see that arc, which I guess kind of ended, uh, maybe, <laughs> yeah, in, in they, this last episode. That's, that's kind of how Liz does it with the guy. She she ends it, maybe. <laughs> uh, just ask Floyd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, who I guess is in Cleveland now. Ended it for now, I guess. Um, I thought the whole thing with him was was really was was really well done. The thing that the, the interesting about the show is they'll they'll take a simple like the 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 ways the problems that she ends up finding with these guys. It's like Seinfeld, you know, like man hands or something. You know, like <laughs> the problems that they end up that she ends up finding with these guys is always really interesting. You know, there was that one arc. I think you, I think you, I think that was the beginning of this season, if I'm not mistaken, where she like she starts dating this younger guy who's like 21 or something, mm-hmm. or 20, I think actually. You know, and 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 Jack is like teaching her how to do it because of course Jack does that. He dates 20 year olds. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like you know never give him your home number. You know, blah 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 because basically you know she's a woman of you know she's got money and stuff and security and she can like sort of wow this young kid basically. Mm-hmm. Which she ends up doing, you know, because she, you know, wants to be like Jack, I guess, sometimes. But anyway, yeah. so so she ends up doing it, and then, and then like, you know, she comes to his apartment to pick him up for dinner, and then, like, it's a nice, pretty nice place. And he's and she's like, oh, this is a pretty nice place you have. And he goes, oh, I couldn't afford this, you know. Uh, this is my mom's place. And he goes, your mom. And then Liz sees his mom, and she looks exactly like her. <laughs> And she's like, oh, got to go. And then, like, that's the end of their thing, you know. And it's just 
so the story, the, the, the reasons that they, uh, she ends up finding uh, of not to be with these guys is interesting. And the whole thing with um, this guy from Mad Men, uh, John Hamm, um, the whole bubble thing was was cool. I mean, that was a pretty that was a pretty random thing for him to have, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that to be his his big problem was he's this perfect guy, and uh, but because of that he has this disconnect b- between reality, you know. Right. And uh, so I don't know. Like I thought that was pretty cool. That whole like storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, yeah. It was weird. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So you got to go back and see the first nine. They were. It's been really good this season. It's definitely been really good. There's there's a couple of uh, <laughs> couple of really really good moments. Okay. Yeah. No, I plan to at some point. Um, I I mean I watch these really quickly. They really fly by. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's like twenty minutes when you don't watch commercials. So, yeah. Um, oh shit! I'm gonna and it probably to, seems different too. Yeah. When you watch uh, them all in a row. I'm gonna have to go for a second. Um, please all hold. Right. I'll be right back. All right. So for those of you still listening, we're talking about Thirty Rock. The last uh, couple episodes. Um, I thought this season's been pretty good. Uh, season three. Uh, the show's always progressed. I, I mean, I love season one, it, it, and I'm, I'm going to go back soon and watch it, and it's going to seem really weird, I'm sure. But uh, the show's changed a lot, I think, in terms of where they get their comedy from and Hello? that kind of stuff. Hey. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Gaffing. Hope you won't mind if I just go ahead and eat here. I, I wasn't quite planning on doing Oh, sure, <laughs> please. We're all, we're all eating. That was the pizza, we're man. We're all eating. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so, Yeah. Um, Did you ask him if he watched his 30 Rock? No, I guess I should have. Uh, you should have asked him what he thought about this season. That would have been the perfect uh, little cameo interview. <laughs> it's been really crazy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, what do you think? And he's like, wow. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell um, you. So... Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. What, so, what did you think about this? The, you know, how does it compare to? Or what? I guess A. I feel like I'm interviewing you now. A. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you like it? And B. How do you think it compares to season one or season two? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, a. How do I like it? I like it okay. Uh, it definitely had good parts. Uh, mm-hmm. It was reasonably enjoyable. There was uh, uh, the usual stuff I've come to expect from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if the, uh, you know, if there's anything bad I can say about it, is that it, it's just all become a bit routine for me. Like the the characters have have the the way that they are, and the humor always springs from that. And I'm just so used to, you know, there's certain kinds of jokes that you just always get from from the characters and uh and they're funny, um but it's, it's it feels a little bit um it feels a little bit like uh like like the the show is getting a bit redundant. Really? See, I yeah. feel, I kind of feel almost the opposite just in terms of I feel like they 
they really change the kind of jokes that they do on the show. I think, you know, remember remember my whole thing about, um, you know, I think one of the precursors to this was, was when uh, Liz says, you know, about the steak. She says, the dog ate it. And I really, really hated that line mm-hmm. because it's such a, it's such, you know, it's an obvious cliche and it's such a jolt from of reality of the fact that she's saying this and why, and, you know, she doesn't try to pull it off as real. And that bothered me, you know, like I just didn't understand, like, what was the, the point of that? Like, why play it that way? And and then I saw them do more jokes like that, more of these, like, really just breaking the fourth wall, just like, here's our comment on this thing right here. You know, it's just, just what you know, in whatever sense, you know. And, and I feel like a lot of the jokes – more than previous seasons are like that now where they, they, they're just like these weird non-sequiturs that are, you know, like when Kenneth says um, um, uh, about, he makes the, the reference to the mouth on his back. Mm-hmm. And then, and then like Tracy's leaving and he, and he, and he, and he says, see you later or whatever. And he goes, oh, I'm just fun. And, you know, that was me. I had my ma- I had the mouth on my back sewn up. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you know, so it goes back and forth with is he telling the truth or not about his mouth? Is he is Kenneth being funny or is he being serious? And he goes back and forth a couple times and but and about this totally irrelevant thing, you know, like it makes no like what he's got a mouth on his back. What sense does that make? Like even given that he's you know this whole thing about him, you know, he's from the hill, you know, hillbilly. Yeah, basically. I guess. Like, yeah, that's another example of what I'm talking about. I guess. I mean, it's definitely funny, but I do think it's just it fits into something they could have had him do in season one. It might yeah, be a little see, more extreme, but I think that. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's definitely the same. I mean, yeah, it's definitely the same context of jokes, but I think the kind of jokes they do, are, I think, are. are Sometimes yeah, I guess than they used to be. You know, Liz. Uh, Liz is somewhat of an exception. She's a little bit amorphous. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I don't have a complete handle on what her. I think, being and, is and actually, to be. yeah, and actually, a lot of a lot of the jokes I'm talking about come from her more than anybody else. Yeah. So, so, so I, I will it. agree that you know she doesn't really fit in that category, but um, with everybody else, yeah, Jack, definitely, Tracy, yeah. Kenneth, Jenna. Uh, Frank, uh, a lot of characters just really kind of have like one track where where their humor is. They're, they're, mm-hmm. The way their character is determines how they're going to react to a situation, and that's funny. Yeah, you know, and uh, and it's good because you know, uh, you know, in a lot of cases the the actors are good, and and you know, it's 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 funny things to say and 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 do and all that. But uh, but yeah, I guess I guess I just feel like. They're kind of tapped out, and and what they've done, in large part, is just go more extreme, make it more over the top, mm-hmm. you know, which is fine. Um, I, I mean, it sounds like I didn't like it. I mean, I I did enjoy it. It was it was good. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it uh, it's just uh, I I I guess um, uh, you know, maybe maybe part of it is that I'm not I'm not particularly invested in their character arcs or anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's just. You know, I kind of just watch the show for entertainment. Yeah. So, um, you know, like... It, it well, was, I definitely, you know, uh, I, you know, spend time analyzing the show, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm interested in writing comedy, so I definitely yeah. analyze all that crazy stuff. So, I, yeah, I definitely, you know... And I think, you know, part of it, too, is, you know, having seen the first part of the season and seeing, 
uh, I think the sort of general increase in like the extremity of what they of the comedy, uh, you know, I think uh, I think there's a, it wraps up from the beginning of the season too. So I think that that kind of probably affects how you watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing you get crazier and crazier and crazier than just like watching it and it's already crazy, you know. Right. But um right. Yeah. Um no, that I, I that makes sense, but I guess I you know, I don't know. Uh uh but the um the Don Draper plot line uh <laughs> was strange and it, it was good in parts and yeah, definitely very very Seinfeld. Um uh it it worked it worked well enough. Um I never I never quite got used to him not being Don Draper. Really? Uh I mean I, I always have that problem. I mean if there if there's an actor who uh I see for the first time in a you know, a very you know, uh a very you know uh what do I want to say? Very like individualistic kind of role, you know, uh, with with certain like characteristics. Uh, Jack Nicholson is be- in the Joker. In you know, the yeah, Joker, yeah. It's like you watch that as a kid. You're like, okay, that's who Jack Nicholson is. <laughs> yeah, you just sort He's of define him with that. You know, I, yeah. I'll probably always kind of think of Javier Bardem as the guy from No Country for Old Men. You know. Like, yeah. like, there's that that just ha- with with new with new actors that that happens, um, you know, if, if they if they play a role yeah. like that, and it can wear off eventually if I see them in enough different things, but um, but in this part, yeah, I, I was still distracted by by that somewhat, um, and because it's just such you know, <laughs> I keep expecting mm-hmm. him to be that guy, mm-hmm. you know, and and he's not. I guess they just you know they uh, they made him. Um, they made him sort of like that guy, I guess, but um, not not really like a go-getter. Just um, you know, if if Don Draper decided to just kind of flow through life, you know, and, and yeah, if he was just sort of just a sort of just norm, more normal guy, yeah, just, just did whatever, you know. I thought the episode with their their first date when they have to just go through. Like, you know, the first, you know, six months of their relationship in a night. I thought that was pretty well done. Um, you know, the pro- the progression of that. You know, hey, here, now my daughter's here. And then that whole thing. Ah, and yeah. yeah. Oh, my mom is dying. And uh, I need you right now. And, she, you know, he opens up to her about this whole thing. And, and then she goes in there. And then, you know, and then she gets involved. With, speaking of Jack Nicholson, wow, what a... What a connection. Um, uh, she she basically tells the Jack Nicholson story, which is, uh, you know, that the woman he thought was his mother was really his uh, his sister, and the woman he thought was his grandmother was his mother. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God, that was weird. I forgot about that. Yeah, so uh. I thought for the show to even, to even have that in the plot line was just so, like, I don't know. I, I really, I really thought that was pretty genius. I've never seen anybody use that, you know, <laughs> like um, as a, as a, as a, as a, like a thing, you know, as a joke, right? You know, like this, 
Like it's a weird joke, definitely. It's such a it's such a like um, you know the scene is we've seen that scene you know someone dying you know on the deathbed mm-hmm. or whatever we've seen that now here's another sort of almost you know uh, I mean obviously pulp pop culture but like you know almost urban legend kind of a thing you know right of of this like this you know it's almost like if she said you know. Uh, you'll find the hidden, you know, pirate treasure mm-hmm. under the the blue X. You know, like some cryptic thing that we could have heard before. You know, but, right? Uh, so I thought that was cool. And then, and then the, the for her to have, <laughs> and then the reality of that situation of like, wow, I got to tell this guy who we just went through all of this crap, the 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 worst thing he's ever going to hear in his entire life. You know what I mean? It's gonna. You know what I mean? So so. You got all those elements of the progression of their of their relationship in that night, and then you know her being there alone at his mother's deathbed is that's as worse as it should get. It's like you know very bad things. You know, it's kind of like why I like very bad things is you you know it, it gets to a certain point you go okay that's as bad as it's gonna get right, and then no they go another step. So mm-hmm. the extra step of her having to tell this guy that everything he thought about his life his child you know was just completely wrong. You know. And then the question is, you know, how is she really going to do that? You know, because at the end of the episode, she just says, you know, hear me out on this or whatever. And you don't really know if she really is going to tell him or not. And I don't think they bring it back up, do they? No. I don't think they do. No, I don't remember. I don't think that was, I think that was dropped. Uh, Yeah, that was kind of a big thing. Kind of reminds me of Six Feet Under, though. That was was sort of what they did at the beginning there, where they had... um, uh, Nate, oh, and, Brenda. Nate and Brenda when they first met, and she ends up going with him to the hospital when it's where his dad mm-hmm. is. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, he didn't reveal any secrets to her or anything, but um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I I thought that was a cool uh, thing uh, back then, but uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, uh, that was. I, but but I actually liked. Uh, I actually liked the Generalissimo episode a little better, I think, if I remember right. Isn't that the one I'm talking about? What? Isn't that the one I'm talking about? I thought the one you were talking about was Valentine's Day. I guess I'm getting them confused. The one, because, the because... one where they have, the one where they have the. The the like the the date and you know they like keep ha- they're on the date and like the, like he's you know she makes the stew he sees the daughter you know the daughter comes over yeah like that episode I thought I think that's Valentine's Day because oh is that Valentine's the, Day in the general Isimo episode he comes over and she uh she, what happens she um. Uh, she she does something that the generalissimo character does in the sh- in his show. Uh, oh, that's right. Where she, she kind of seduce him or something. Yeah, right? or... drugs him to seduce him somehow, and then. Oh, I forgot about. That. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about Valentine's. Yeah, I'm talking about Valentine's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that. I guess. Uh, yeah, Gen- generalissimo is the. You know, ridiculously evil soap opera, <laughs> Spanish soap opera character. The guy, he looks like Jack, like yeah, who's played by Alec Baldwin, and uh, 
uh, I guess there's there's a subplot with uh, Alec Baldwin and some Hayek, and yeah. she's got a grandmother who watches it and yeah. thinks ill of That him. was totally random. That was so <laughs> random. Like, here's this Mexican soap opera star who looks exactly like Jack for no reason, and that's why the grandmother of this guy, you know, like, it's so yeah. random. It's just like, what, uh, you know, and then... And then he actually goes to meet him, and then yeah. you get to see Alec Baldwin play Alec Baldwin. And yeah, like, you know it's 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 pretty crazy. Um, it was very strange, and and actually gets to like intervene and get him to do things mm-hmm. uh, specifically so the grandmother can watch. And I thought one of the things I really loved was just the idea that. Uh, when 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 Jack was like, "Hey Liz, I need you to write me some episodes of this show." Like, <laughs> like that you that she could just do that. Like she could just write some episodes of this show, and fans wouldn't see a drastic difference in quality, or 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 you know, mm-hmm. like. And she had no, she'd never watched this show. Like, how is right. she just gonna write some episodes of this show? I that's what I, that's what was weird to me about that whole thing was was uh, how she was she, she was just gonna. Right. You know, she had no idea the backstory of these characters. Right. Or any, but somehow all she needed to know was the general framework of, like, he's this bad guy who tries to do these bad things. Mm-hmm. And that was enough to write the whole show. Yeah. That, that's weird to me. Yeah. It's funny. I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I just think it's funny, but it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um yeah, that was... Because uh, if that really happened in real life, people would be like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think it would be that easy. But, uh, the, I mean, the way they depicted it, it seemed like it didn't have that much plot. It seemed like there was, like, one room. And yeah, he, I mean, it seemed like it was the plot was whatever bad thing you wanted him to do that episode. Yeah, and how was he going to try to get it? I mean, yeah, that was the thing. It just seemed like a very simple show, but it was just weird that that's that's all you need to write it here. Just you know. Yeah. So th- so uh, she gets this idea, I guess, for what to what to do to seduce. Um, what is his name in the show? <laughs> um, do you know? Yeah, it's Drew. Okay. Really? Okay. Um Drew. Uh and and she does it, but she's <laughs> she's in the middle of it and then and then she says to herself, I, I am a generalissimo. You know, it's this uh revelation that she has. Uh-huh. And um Yeah, they have the whole they've done that before, but they have that whole parallel sort of sort of element going of... Yeah, it was very similar to the thing they did with the... Was it Survivor? Or was it... Yeah, it was the Milk uh, Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is the exact same thing of showing the the character on that show versus Liz and that sort of... Yeah. Thing. That's what's cool is they'll, they'll, they'll do that, that parallel and contrast thing, you know. Yeah. And I guess I wanted to ask you, you know, there was something that you you made a thing about the in season two... When um, uh, that that scene in season two, when she's talking to Jack and she says, "I I want to be more like you," and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, teach me how to be like you or something like that. Um, 
I guess I, I guess I was wondering if you think that's progressed at all at this point. I, I do. I, 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 I could point out several uh, instances and episodes where uh, there is a there is a dramatic shift in Liz's personality due to Jack, uh, a shift in her goals and what she tries to get out of life. In a lot of ways, he's making you know she's he's making. She, 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 I mean, it, honestly, if you look at where she came from and the kind of stuff she was doing before. And what she's doing now, she's like completely different. And part of it has always been, uh, you know, now she wants success. She wants it for real. She, you know, she kind of had this thing. She, you know, she kind of just landed into this gig, and Jack sort of makes her want more out of things, you know. And uh, you know, I mean, so yeah, there's definitely been a progression on that. And I think we've seen, we, I mean, the whole Mills Island thing was huge for her character arc. The fact that she could be so devious about that whole thing and she was going to rat Kenneth out about it. And like, you know, so there's been a lot of instances where I thought they've gone really on the like negative end with her character. Like, I'm like, wow, I cannot believe like she is doing this. Like this is like for any, for any TV character to be, for this moment to be taken seriously, this is crazy, you know, like for the character. Um, and, uh, you know, and there's times when she's like blindly, you know, uh, and we've seen him, you know, the episode with, uh, they didn't, it didn't go too far in this one, the, the adoption one, when she wants to sort of get the, the donut girl's baby. Mm-hmm. Like that was her being pretty ambitious and ballsy, but she didn't go too crazy with it. But she's gone crazy before. Like when, uh, you know, she wanted to get, um, Back in like season one or two, when uh, um, God, I forgot the who. Oh, Floyd! Yeah, she fired Floyd's girlfriend so she could be with Floyd. You know what I mean? Like, so she she's had this like dark side thing, uh, and and you know, where she she's not like a goody two shoes. That's what's we. I mean, she is, but she's not. Like, she'll do these really bad things. Yeah. Uh, and no, I definitely, there's definitely, uh, elements where it's, it's pretty obvious that Jack is training her in certain ways. And I mean, she gets, I mean, she actually goes corporate in one episode. Like he, he, this was kind of big to me. Uh, I, and I, I'm sure at this point, I, I realize that I make more of this show out than most people probably do, but, uh, but the, 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 there was an episode where, you know, she was, Jack was saying, you know, you can be more corporate and be an executive, a GE, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I'm an artist, whatever. And then basically they have this sort of back and forth thing and he shows her how much her starting salary would be. And she's like, sign me up. So in that episode, she's doing the whole corporate thing and she's actually kind of good at it. Um, and, you know, at the end she realizes that's not what she really wants for herself, but she did get a taste of it. You know what I mean? Uh, and it was her stepping in that direction. So I, I honestly think like they they have this thing about her. Um, I think I think it's more about her personal growth overall, though, because like in the the last her big mantra was um, uh, I can have it all. You know, the episode I think it was Floyd again when um, yeah the airport she, you know at the airport where she's got the sandwich her big love she's got the sandwich and she's trying to get through and, and you know get Floyd and she's like no I'm not going to sacrifice I'm going to you know and that was her whole thing before was before Jack came to the picture she you know she lived like a slob blah 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 you know she was just complacent basically and she didn't mind like not having a social life or not doing certain things whatever but now she's like she wants it all so um, that's what's weird to me about the show is more than like any, sh- uh, most other comedies, half hour comedies, 
the, you know, these characters have, you know, Liz, I should say, has these, like a real goal and like they make points out of it to, for, for them to acknowledge their goals and what they're trying to get and how they feel about certain things. And then you can see them getting them, getting them or not. And, uh, and a lot of, and I, a lot of other comedies are just more surfacey about things like that, you know, um, you know, even like with friends, like nobody had any like real like goal, you know, I, you know, stuff like that, you know, it was all more, you know, they just wanted a good job or there was some relationship thing or, you know, um, there wasn't this sort of like, you know, sort of long-term arc in terms of personal growth or something, you know, they definitely changed over time, but, um, it wasn't the same of like realizing what your life is deficient in and then trying to get those things, you know, like the conscious effort to do that is what she's kind of doing, you know, and Jack is teaching her how to do that. Um, and again, maybe I'm making more of the show than I see than I should. But, so um, uh, I, I admit, I don't really remember season one very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to throw this out. There. Like, was she really just not at all devious in season one? Um, she wasn't as devious as she, she, she's been in the last season, last season or two. Um, I mean, most, most of season one was more of her just dealing with everyone else's problems, you know, cause that's, I mean, that's really what the show is about, but it was, it was really just her dealing with everyone else's problems. And I would say in the more recent seasons, they've dealt with Liz's problems more and like, you know, what, what she's trying to like accomplish and stuff. But, uh, okay. So season one was more about the other characters. Yeah. And... I feel like, I feel like, a you know, the big things in season one for her were her relationships pretty much. And that was the big personal thing you saw on her. Yeah. Um, you know, she had Dennis at first and then the whole thing with Floyd, but it didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't do go too much more than that. But, uh, I think it's gotten it's gotten different. I mean, you know, they they talked about you know from financial thing. You know, like Jack asked her like, "How much money do you have in savings?" And she's like, "I got twelve thousand in my checking." Mm. You know, so it's like just this little moment of her realizing, okay, I don't have a good financial strategy. You know, like that's, you know, for a character for her that's you know for what Jack wants to do. I think that's important for her to realize. You know, and he's got this whole capitalist mindset. You know, that's the thing. He wants to, he likes her. He wants to conscript her into his ways, too, you know. He's got his own plans, I think, too, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you, what do you think her goals are? I, I, I mean, I mean, I think, I mean, I think her goal is really just to be happy, I think, but she wants, I think she has, you know, standards that, that will sort of define what that, what that means, I think she wants she wants she she wants to do her job well. She wants to do have a good job, and I think she wants to have a baby. And 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 ideally, I think she just wants you know the job, the relationship, and the baby. Those are her big three, I think. Okay. And she's trying to figure out how to get how to get them and and to sort of you know make make all that work. Um, now, did she did she not want any of those things in season one? Do you think? No, I mean, but that's the thing. We've seen her want, I mean, we saw the, she cared nothing about babies at first. She had to, you know, it was not a big deal until the first episode, I think was in season one when uh, she, she, um, she, uh, she was talking to the makeup lady and she said, here, hold, hold my baby while I do Jenna's makeup. And it was this really funny little, little sequence where 
you know, she's holding the baby and rocking it, and then she kind of spins around, and all of a sudden she's in her apartment, and she's like, oh, my God, baby, how did we get here? Like, somehow she's sleepwalked uh, yeah, her the baby that. home. Yeah. You know, and so that was the first moment of, of her, 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 you know, her maternal instinct to her biological clock started to take of saying, oh, wow, I do really want this, you know. And, and you know, she had talks about that with Jenny. So, you can see this like progression of this idea and then it gets to the point where she like, you know, really wants to do it. And, and, uh, and now she's going like the adoption route and she's trying to get that done. So, you know, you see these, like, if you just take, you know, if you, if you just take the scenes that are about Liz wanting a baby or talking about a baby or trying to get a baby, there's a, there's a, there's a definable, you know, storyline there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the way the show is, uh, the fact that it has so many characters and so much crazy stuff going on—it's uh, some of it's hard to separate out. I uh, totally agree. I think I think all the other stuff. That's why I don't remember there. a lot of that stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm saying those things, and it sounds like maybe I think they're not true. I really don't even remember. Uh, you know, when she decided she wanted, I forgot about that scene completely. Now I remember it, but yeah, uh, I I haven't seen the show as much as you have, so I'm you know I'm deferring to your expertise. Yeah, I've seen um, it a lot. Uh, I I I I guess it it feels the same to me, and that's 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 what's confusing. It does it does appear that there's this arc, and yet somehow somehow it feels like the show hasn't changed that much. She's you know the. The characters' relationships have evolved to a certain extent, but I would doesn't... say, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Yeah, I agree. It hasn't. I don't want to say it hasn't changed a lot, but I would say, in terms of the relative uh, relationships with all the characters and where the comedy is coming from and, and the kinds of storylines, has it changed a lot? No, but I think there are a lot of key key elements that that the show has changed in. Uh, in terms of the kind of stories that they tell, they tell longer stories now. Mm-hmm. You know, most episodes were just like, "Hey, here's an episode about this thing, and that's it." Yeah. Um, usually, an episode is going to have uh, plot lines that are carrying over from the previous one, uh, or the one, or the setting up for the next one. So they're telling their stories longer. I think they're making their characters weightier. I think. I think you know we see a lot more like issues that these. I mean, the whole thing with like Frank and his dad, like. You know, that was sort of to have Frank have this whole backstory storyline like that was sort of needless. But the fact, but you know, but they're trying to flesh out these characters. You know, now we know that Frank was, you know, he's like Italian and his his whole family's in the mob and and you know he was going to be a lawyer like his like his all the men in his family. You know that whole thing. Yeah. So you know that's interesting in terms of character. You know, obviously they just really play it for the comedy, but. Um, but but I, I think that that's the kind of stuff that I mean and maybe it's just you know the show's been on for a while so they can talk about that now but um, but but I think they're they're de- they're trying to show more from the characters and you know uh, Tracy had a thing but I don't know if you saw it. I think it was earlier did you see the one where Tracy thought his kids were trying to kill him <laughs> no <laughs> that one was a really great episode, and uh, and you saw his son, right? I, I did see the, his son. See that was that's what's interesting because they had you know they they've had they've had his kids on a couple times, and the one where Tracy thinks his sons are trying to kill him were the one was the 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 first one where the sons had quite a bit to do, mm-hmm. and 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 the 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 main son that's talking in this one is the one that kind of stood out. Like I, that guy, that kid's crazy. Tracy Junior. Tracy Junior is crazy. Like he, the 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 emotion that comes out of that kid is 
Like, I don't believe he's whatever age he is. He, mm-hmm. he seems like an adult in a kid's body. He's so weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 weird. Uh, it is weird. Yeah, that seems but, freaks me but, out. But it, so so you know, for me, the context of that was like, oh, here's this cool acting kid. Now they're gonna sh- give him a whole bunch of shit to do. And he, I mean, he's in a scene with Alec Baldwin. He's yelling at like Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like telling him he's like an idiot and like he doesn't know how to, you know, like come on, you know, like how crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he, he actually pulls it off. It he does pull it off. He's it, matching wits with Alec Baldwin. It, you know, like, it doesn't feel like, you know, oh, shut up, kid. Go away. Yeah. You know, like, and, seems and like noticed, that too sometimes. You notice they didn't give his brother, like, shit to do. No, no. He had his brother nothing didn't have to do. at all. Yeah. He just stood there. Yeah, and it's like, wow, there's a difference between act, you know, like, <laughs> obviously this kid is going to do a whole bunch, you know. Yeah, yeah, they clearly gave him all the lines. I'll have to see that earlier one. Uh, that sounds good. Um, I was going to say, uh, you know, I picked up here episode 10, mm-hmm. and um, obviously I missed things because there were plot lines in progress. Um, yeah. And yet it all felt, you know, it all felt very natural. Like, to me... Uh, you know, five minute synopsis, and I, I feel like I, I could have easily watched this. You know, it didn't didn't really feel like I'd missed that much in terms of plot. Mm-hmm. You know, there were just just a few little things um, yeah. that that were really you know uh, different, and that's that's what I like. You know what you what you describe is is true. It's definitely there, and yet it just doesn't feel like it's there. The show feels. You know, so I don't think the show rests on it. I mean, honestly, yeah. you know, that's that's something I'm interested in. You know, uh, the show doesn't rest on it. It's, it's not. Uh, it's it's sort of not about that. I mean, I don't yeah. know, I, I feel like I'm almost comparing it to Mad Men in that way of like, you know, Mad Men's kind of the the. If you dropped in on it at a certain point, you really wouldn't miss much. You know, in terms of the way they have their storylines, but because it's but it's all about the characters and what they're going through. You know. Yeah. Um, but and, and that show rests on that, you know. Whereas Thirty Rock doesn't rest on uh, Liz's arc. It's just right. to me, it's just it, it, it is a example just of good writing. Of, of here's a tool of which they're going to use to kind of you know tell this story, which is you know uh, having her go through this character arc while she's going through all this, while everyone else is just like orbiting around her with their craziness. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's it's just, it's a crazy show, and I think that's why I was I I, I got to go back and watch it from the beginning. But um, I think probably when the season over, I'll do that. But uh, it, I do think there was a shift in the in the sort of tone, uh, starting with season three, um, uh, or actually starting with season two, really. Uh, season two definitely felt different to me. Yeah, um, yeah, there was there was a shift in tone. I think. And they've kind of progressed that, and I've gotten used to it. I like it now, but at first it was just like, what? What are they yeah. doing? Season season one was. Now it just seems like season one was different. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It uh, seems like season one was. I different. kind of feel like season three feels somewhat in line with season two. You know, it 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 wasn't. It didn't feel like I was watching a different show at all. Mm-hmm. You know, but I agree. Season two. That's the thing. Season two and three are are, are filled together. Going from one and two, it was like, man, they really, they've really changed it. It's the 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 whole, the 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 way the scenes flow just felt different. It was, it yeah. was something really off 
off about it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I guess I'm used to it now because it seems normal. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the thing. I'm dreading. Uh, I'm not dreading, but I mean, I'm I'm aware of the fact that when I start watching season one, it's going to be radically different. Yeah, I'm gonna, it's going to feel I'm like weird. oh, this is what it was like. Yeah, yeah, that you was know. the original show that mm-hmm. was good, but then they changed it, and it was still kind of good. And, you know what show is not like that that I'm that just I just started to rewatch because I have nothing else to watch. I guess what Arrested Development. Oh, that show is so consistent. Like yeah, you pop on an episode and it's just like all the <laughs> other ones. <laughs> yeah, Which except isn't for season thing. three. Except for the 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 last part of you know what I I had rewatched Arrested Development a couple months ago and I got to the end. I got to the middle of season three. And I stopped. Oh. And I just and I didn't I didn't finish it. So, but I want to watch it. Yeah. So I started from season one again. But like, you know, that's the thing. Season three, it's just too much. It's too yeah. focused on that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole the whole spy thing, and it just right. It's good the first time, but but it you, is it good just, the first time. You just once you once it's they reveal the whole thing, it's like you put us through all that for this. <laughs> You know, and have to go through that again and again. No way. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit much. I yeah. I actually still have not finished the series for that reason. What? I I have not seen. I've seen the first like four or five episodes of season three, and that's it. Oh man, I, you gotta I, push through it, dude. Man, I couldn't. It was I. I, I was just <laughs> like, this isn't the show that I wanted to watch. It was, yeah. it was just it just wasn't the same, and I I, it, I I do have to say it gets it gets back on track once they drop that they 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 jump right back on track. All right, well that's good news. I, yeah. I I should watch that. I should have watched it when I was originally watching the rest of it, but well, now you're gonna start from the beginning. Right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess I should. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of the season one and two episodes multiple times, but yeah, uh, season Dude, three every is just time, the dark man. horse. I've seen this is this will be the maybe fifth time I'm gonna watch this series. Fourth wow. or fifth. And I tell you every lot. time I rewatch it, I see new things I did not see before. Like realizations of why characters are doing things in terms of like 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 I get it in terms of like the comedy and the lines mm-hmm. but like but like just in terms of like plot things, like I'm like, Oh, that's why they went and did that because of this thing that that's there, but you just you don't kind of get it because the show is so frenetic, you know. It's really yeah. You know, it's easy it's to like, miss things. Uh, and the whole like the, yeah, so the, so all of that is crazy, and then like um, just just like weird stuff that happens that I'm just like this. There's the episode and uh, where where he's dating uh, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, you know, she she's pretending to be blind, and he takes. He takes Michael's. Uh, Michael takes her dog to the vet, uh, and then he—that's when he realizes that the dog is not a seeing eye dog. The dog is actually blind. That's why the mm-hmm. episode is called "Justice is Blind" and "Justice is the Dog." Oh. Um, and so uh, I know, right? And uh, and it's all the legal stuff. So, so but anyway, when they, they, there's the scene where the you know the vet tells him that. And and he's like he's like what are you talking about justice justice isn't blind you know uh you see you know this is a seeing eye dog and and justice jumps off the table he's like come here boy and he jumps off the table into a trash can <laughs> <laughs> and then they sort of cut back to a wider shot of of Michael and the vet sort of looking at him and, the, and he just kind of like like you know like just ruffling in the trash can 
And he's like, <laughs> I never caught, I don't know why I never caught that or if I forgot, but it just, I never noticed that he, he jumped into a trash can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought he jumped, because as soon as he jumps off, like, they cut to Michael, but, like, I don't know. I just thought that was the most hilarious thing of, you know, why is there a trash can at the end of the, the table where the mm-hmm. dog is, you know, I don't know, small office, I guess, but. Yeah. Uh, and he was a pretty big dog, too, so it was really funny. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Uh, it's been. A, I remember that episode. But I don't remember that scene. Yeah, it, it's they. They have a lot of little stuff, man. A lot of like, you know, a lot of callbacks to things. Oh, they I mean, do that all the time. Yeah. In the first episode, you see the, you know, the uh, all the all the dressed up gay people that are on the the float, you know, uh, mm-hmm. that are protesting, you know, while they're trying to have the uh, the the party for uh, George Senior. Mm-hmm. You know, the the, the pilot episode. And and there's the the one the one guy in drag who has the sign freedom. Like if you watch the show, he that guy pops up in like like six different times throughout the show, like in random scenes. Like he'll wow. just be there, yeah. Like and he'll with the same sign with the freedom sign. Like it's crazy, and it's like they don't have they don't have to do that, but they do, and it's so weird. No, no, yeah. There's a lot of detail. It's it's pretty. Uh... It's pretty meticulous. I, yeah. I, there's very few uh, comedies that I've seen that really go to that length for jokes that don't even really register on screen. Like the, the, totally. There'll be little things going on in the background, and they don't make a thing out of them, you know? Mm-hmm. They're just there if you see them. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's like, uh, it's like little Easter egg treats. It's like if you, yeah. if you sort of notice this thing... Uh, you know, sort of good for you. Man, I, the one I just watched <laughs> was the one where Tobias, you know, claims he has cat-like skills, and he's going to go uh, into Maggie's house and uh, try to find the evidence, you know, uh-huh. uh, because 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 Job doesn't want to do it. Um, and, you know, but she's not blind, so she can actually see the fact that Tobias is in her house, and he's just like, you know, he's hiding and, and sliding around the house like a cat, you know, and you know, he's like, you know, David Cross, you know, genius at work here, mm-hmm. you know. And uh and but, but 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 the whole setup of that was when was when, you know, what's weird about to me is like you said the details of the plot cuz the plot is um that that uh you know, Michael had this evidence uh you know, Michael's in this relationship with Maggie and and you know she she gives Michael the the list of evidence that she has against his fan, against his dad you know but she's just pretending you know because she's not even blind and she's trying to use him but you don't know that till you don't find that till later so so he gets this evidence he takes it home uh, he tells the you know his brothers and sisters about it you know and 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 he's you know trying to think about what to do with it and they don't even like really discuss it uh, but in the course of their conversation he decides he's honest he's not going to do it. So he's gonna, so he's not gonna read the list. But of course, then we realize in a flashback that that Job actually, while they were talking, stole, took the files, basically took the files and replaced them. So so, which is in a brilliant, like the way they shot that was awesome. Anyway, so so that leads up to you know, um, uh, Michael coming to Maggie's house. Uh, to basically come come clean, and I think they have sex like a couple times, which makes Michael late for the meeting with the dad at jail. Or Joe tells him about the evidence, and so the dad's like, "Okay, Joe, you need to go get more." 
and, you know, Job doesn't want to do it, so he pawns it off on Tobias. So that's, you know, the, the chain of events that leads Tobias to being the one to go to her house mm-hmm. is pretty drastic, you know. Um, it's, pretty, it's pretty convoluted. Um, <laughs> but the, but, but my, the, I say all that, uh, not just to bore you, but, uh, but for the fact that um, uh, when, when Job says, uh, you know, I've got this assignment basically, but, uh, but it takes someone with, uh, with agility and he just like, you know, he tosses it out there and he turns his back and he walks, he's going to walk away. <laughs> and then Tobias leaps onto his back and whispers to him, agility like this. <laughs> that is probably that is probably my favorite Tobias moment. Uh, <laughs> so insane! Oh, I love it! I love it! And the the fact that he whispers it is just it's just icing on the cake, you know. Agility like this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he just like he just leaps onto it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. I remember that. That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you don't get that in your everyday show, I guess. Not say. at all. And uh, I, you know, I feel bad too because I I had the chance to like this show before I actually liked this show cuz it was on and people were talking about it and I tried to watch an episode and it looked like the most ridiculous thing ever, and I could not get over the shaky camera, mm-hmm. and it made no sense, and I hated the voiceover, mm-hmm. and I was like, there's nothing here of value. This is crap. Yeah, I what are people not ta- liking it. What are people talking about? Yeah. And then, uh, and then I actually watched it from real, starting with the pilot, being introduced into the mayhem, right? And, uh, yeah, and it's helps. a lot better. It's a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good one to jump in on. It's pretty no. intense if you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I wasn't grounded. I didn't understand what was like. There was nothing to ground you, on, you know. Yeah, it's just all over the place. Yeah, once you know, and they just they, yeah, they just throw it at you, and you just have to deal with it. And so, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the movie? Are you? Uh, I'm excited. I think it's. I mean, I don't. To me, it's like the Simpsons movie. I'm like, it's it's not something that should be a movie, you know, like in in its ideal form. Yeah. So I, it's not like I'm like. It, so to me, it's like a bonus. It's like it, I'm hope. I think it'll be good. You know, I think it'll be entertaining because I think the people who are making it are good at, at being good and entertaining. Right. Like the Simpsons. Like the Simpsons movie. You know, um, I'm not expecting it to, you know, blow my mind or anything. Uh, I, I think it'll be good. I don't know what it will be like, but I think it'll be. I think it'll be worth watching. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder how much being a movie is gonna affect it. You know, how how different um, it's gonna mm-hmm. be because it's a movie. Yeah. You know, like a lot a lot of movies I've seen from TV shows. I mean, they're just they're just necessarily very different from the TV show because they have to be a movie. I think the Simpsons movie is probably a good model. I mean, you know, cause that was my question was, you know, how does, how does something, how, how do you, you know, what do you do? You know, that was my question with the Simpsons movie is what do you do with it? Like, do you, do you just make a really long episode? You know, like, mm-hmm. is that, is that all you do is you just make a long episode and, and and that's not really what the Simpsons movie did. They really they you know they built in this huge plot line that was movie worthy, you know, is what they did. 
where you know they have to basically save Springfield. Yeah, uh, that's that's the kind of plot you have in a movie. You know, you don't have it in a everyday exactly. episode. You yeah. know, um, so so I think that's that's kind of uh, probably what they're going to do is 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 center the style of it around some big plot line, which you know uh, would make sense, I guess. Uh, I have actually heard really good things about the Sex and the City movie. <laughs> I, I have you? Listened, uh, well, wow, you who know, are you listening to? I have. Well, I've heard I, I nothing guess, but bad things about it. Okay, well, um, one of my sources was was uh, the guy who like wrote the show and the movie. <laughs> I listened to an interview with him. Oh, what's he and so he was, about it? So he was biased, maybe. But but listening to what he was saying about how he wrote it and about what he was trying to do made it seem really interesting. Um, so I guess that's different from. But I thought I heard people say they liked it. But I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sure some people liked it. Yeah. I just I I you know there's I I read quite a few bad reviews and uh, I I talked to a few people who actually saw it and and none of them actually liked it. But um. Uh, and these are people who did like the show. Um, yeah. So, you know, they weren't inherently against it. Um, it's it's apparently not that much like the show, as usual. Yeah, that's that's kind of what he said, was, was that he realized that that's, that's what, you know, they, he didn't, he, he didn't realize that's what he was going to have to do, was yeah was was make it a movie, you know, or not, you know, make it like the show. So that's what yeah. I mean. So things like that, I'm I think about it when I'm thinking about the Arrested Development movie. It's like, you know, what what are they going to do? You know, mm-hmm. how are they going to make it movie worthy? You know, and not just yeah. Long I, I guess I guess I my my nightmare is a movie about like the Charlize Theron plot line. You know, like mm-hmm. so, something of that type. Yeah, where that's the main plot line. For the for the movie, you know, like that's they could have done that, you know, they're not going to, but they could have, mm-hmm. you know, that's I guess because I, I guess I feel like when it when it's a a big plot like that, I don't know, I I just I feel like it can just ruin things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I, I feel like they'll probably have everyone have their own mini plot lines that revolve around some big kind of main thing, and it's yeah. Really, I mean, it's just going to be how good is the main plot line and how good is their side stuff, you know? Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I know, it's weird when, you know, like I said, I, I TV movies or movie TVs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> movie TVs, why not? <laughs> um, they, they're a bonus. I, it's just like whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, if it's, you know, like the, the you know, even the Battlestar Galactica movies, well, I, you know, they're not great and it doesn't bother me, you know, like I, yeah. it's a bonus. It's like extra, like cool. If it's good, it's good. If not, yeah. it's not. It doesn't bother me. It's um, not like if it was something I liked, all you know, like, you know, I don't know. It, it's a different, it's a different category. Yeah, of, of movies, you know. Um, yeah, it's a weird line. I I think if if they just make if they just make an episode, you know, basically a movie length episode. I mean, you know, they just make it like a two part episode, you know, and they mm-hmm. just string it together and that's it. You know, I I kind of feel like the Battlestar Galactica movie was more like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was also a prequel, but 
it still felt like the show, you know. Um, yeah. uh, but the movies, uh, the, you know, because that, that was shown on TV, but the movies that are released in the theaters, uh, usually if, I, I think if you just, if you just copy the show, I don't think that's going to work. I yeah, think that'll, I think that'll come off weird. I, I think most times people try not to. I, I like I said, I think that was sort of the key is is they try to make a movie worthy. It's like okay, well, yeah. why do people? Why are people going to want to see this in the theaters? You know, it, it somehow has to be bigger. You know, the movie yeah. the the movie experience is more spectacle than than TV yeah. is, and so you just you have to sort of ramp everything up. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the flip side of that is if you're a fan of the show. It's not going to be like the show, so it's it's going to be something else, and yeah. you may or yeah. may not like it. You know, yeah, so it, it, whatever your tie was to the show is just not going to be there for you. And have you seen, have you seen any of the Futurama movies? No, I haven't yeah. seen the Simpsons movie either. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's the Simpsons is weird. My yeah, I I didn't I didn't even want to watch it. I I guess I could. I, I'm I'm very ambivalent I think, about it. I think as a, I think if you're a Simpsons fan, you know, like if you, which I guess I am. Simpsons. I mean, how many seasons do I have to have watched to be a fan? I mean, I, guess I mean, it doesn't point, matter. Like, it just it just matters how much you like the Simpsons. It doesn't okay. matter how many seasons you watched. Because right, I, mean, I, I definitely use... gave up at a certain point, and I guess yeah, they're even I mean, still running. And I I haven't watched yeah, it for the I last like five years or something. Yeah, pretty soon there'll be more seasons <laughs> I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say I watch most of the episodes until at least season twelve or thirteen. Yeah, and I think that, are they on like nineteen or twenty now? Or something? So, yeah, something like something that. like that. But um, I want to say they're in the twenties, but I could be wrong. This was weird. I mean, the, the show just got different, you know, which it should. It's been on forever. Uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I think I grew out of wanting to watch it anyway. You know, I think, you know, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, it, it. I don't know. At a certain point, I just I just felt like I'd had enough. Yeah, that's the thing. And I, But I think in, what I was going to say is, you know, in terms of being a Simpsons fan is, is the sort of – the fact that you know when you know how much you used to like the show and how mm-hmm. much how great it was now there's a movie of that, and so I think that's it's nice to be able to say okay for the for the kid of me who loved The Simpsons you know now I can watch The Simpsons movie right you know uh, and I think it's worth watching you know like I, I said if you're a fan if you're a fan I think it's worth watching I, think <laughs> I if, guess if you don't care about it then I don't think it's worth like going out of your way to see it I mean. I definitely really liked it when it was on. I mean, there were the early episodes, which were weird. I did watch those uh, when I was much younger. But, uh, uh, you know, the, the sort of middle period, I mean, that I definitely really liked that a lot at the time. The classic, the classic era. Yeah, definitely the classic era. I guess I kind of felt like the movie was a product of the newer Simpsons. And that's that's part of, like, I guess I wanted a movie from, you know, a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I kind of wish they had made a movie back then. I didn't necessarily want the current incarnation yeah. of the Simpsons movie. But I think what's cool is the fact that it's the current incarnation, I think, makes it uh, less crazy since it's a movie, since it's already going to be different. Yeah. Since it's a movie, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. 
And that's the thing I've seen. I've seen. I've seen episodes in the last couple seasons here and there, and and it's still like I, the show is. It's still kind of the same thing. It's just whether or not you want to see that, you know. Uh, right. It's just it's it's you know it's the same kind of situations, and it's it's I think it's still you know probably as good as I just I'm just not interested, you know. Yeah. So um, it's a very strange thing because that's that's a case where you really don't, in general, have character development or anything like that. I mean, the characters kind of stay the same. Oh yeah, I mean they have aged. I mean, yeah. you know, like I, I mean, I'm they sure they keep having birthdays, but I don't know how they're not aging. <laughs> they spent almost twenty years, and you know, the kids are still there, still the same age, and the parents are still the same age, and they're still living in the house, and you know. Yeah, I'm still going to. Still going to the same school. And yeah, like, they're going to the same school with the same principal, and there's the same bartender and the same boss at work, and it's just yeah. it's it's just suspended in limbo forever. And Honestly, if if the show that would actually be a a, a really smart move, uh, and a scary scary move, if the show actually had them start progressing like a regular sitcom. Yeah. And they go through things, and they, you know, they eventually, like, graduate high school. They go to high, you know, Barton Lisa in high school. Like, I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Barton Lisa, you know, like, they're, like, in college. Like, I, I mean, that would be crazy just to, just as an experiment. <laughs> yeah, it would definitely change to, things. It would yeah. definitely shake it up. Yeah, you uh, know. Uh, having, like, real long-term, like, character arcs, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it'd make the show completely different, but it would. it'd be interesting. It'd be and, interesting. like, the the voice actors, you know, some of those, yeah. uh, I think all of them have been doing it from the beginning. Yep. And so, you know, they've aged, like, 20 years. Oh, man. You know? They're, yeah, they're pretty like, old that's, now. That's just really bizarre. Like, Honestly, uh, I think... I think The Simpsons is going to be around for for. I mean, it, it, it's already in the realm of Walt Disney and all the and all those classic characters. I think yeah. it's, it, it, it's in that realm, and I think, um, you know, they will. You know, when the voice actors are gone, I think it'll be a thing where there's other you know new voice actors. They'll just bring in people who, 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 like who learn it. You know, just like Bugs Bunny. And, yeah. And everything else, you know. Right. Yeah, and then it'll it'll just. Continue to infinity until they can program robots <laughs> to do it. Robots, perfect. Can't wait till the robots take over. Yeah, uh, my my classic example of a movie uh, ruining things is the Star Trek, particularly the most recent one, I guess. No, Nemesis. Uh, Nemesis, yeah. Oh, Nemesis. Yeah, I mean, some of those weren't so bad. They were all weird, and they were all definitely a step off from the show, but, um, yeah. yeah, Nemesis was the worst. Yeah, um, Nemesis. And and in a way, like, it really, leaving it on that note really kind of <laughs> was really frustrating to me. It was really kind of disappointing to uh, to have that be the uh, the final thing. Uh, for uh, for that group of characters, so that's you know that, that's sort of the worst case scenario like of a movie for me. I think all of the Star Trek movies I've seen, most of them are like that. Where you know, even if the movie has a good ending, it's just like this is where the characters end up. You know, like this yeah. is it again. And I think that's why they kept doing the the class the classic generation. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh, here's another one. Okay, let's <laughs> do some more stuff. Okay, let's have them do some more stuff. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's always weird. It's like, oh, okay, now, you know, oh, Worf is in the Klingon Council now. How uh-huh. crazy is that? You know, it's like, you, you, it's, it is weird. It's just, yeah, it's a weird thing. Those those movies are strange. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, I mean, the Next Generation ones, uh, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good ones, some bad ones, and one really horrible one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's the only one that was a complete failure. I, I guess the other three had their moments uh, yeah. of varying degrees of quality. But, uh, uh, yeah. It's, First Contact and Generations are are the two good ones. Yeah, definitely. It was The, the third bad. one is, like, definitely a slip, a, you know, a, a slide downward, uh, just not quite as bad as Nemesis. Insurrection? Yeah, insurrection. Insurrection is definitely a step below those two, and then and a step above Nemesis. Yeah, yeah. Insurrection it's, had its moments. That's the thing. Yeah, it yeah. had its moments, but it was. Um, it's, it's definitely okay. Uh the whole thing about being cut off from everybody else, I think, was the big problem. Uh, yeah. Like the planet was so isolated. The whole briar patch, like that was the whole premise. You know, they yeah. set that up of of we're in this briar patch. <laughs> And to me, that just that made it. There was something lacking in the drama, uh, of like, well, the only reason that the sonar even an issue is because of like they're in this briar patch thing. Like they don't have that many ships, you know. Like they could. It, it was just weird. It, it was a weird set of circumstances, and then you know, then the, like the planet or the people are just like, you know, they're studying these people and um, just had a lot of weird. You know, like, because I think that was the first time, I mean, we've never really seen, uh, at least I don't remember seeing, you know, the Federation do anything like that, like secretly surveilling like a a pre-warp species, you know, um, that was weird. Oh, well, no, I mean, they, they would do that, um... They would do that. I mean, yeah, I feel like I but, feel like they would do that, but I don't think we've seen them do that. No, I mean, I well, that's what I meant to say. They 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 did do that sort of. I think it was different. Although now my memory's fuzzy. Now I'm thinking maybe I'm just remembering that movie. But <laughs> they, I, I I feel like I remember an episode where they did something like that. I could be wrong though. I they definitely like would go down in disguise, but usually they usually they had to do that because they had to go rescue somebody. Yeah, it was a measure of last resort. It wasn't like oh these people have some qualities we're interested in. Like, yeah, they weren't just like systematically you know. spying. Yeah, um, their their normal course of action. Uh, you know, after after the drama, of course. I mean, there's always drama. But once that was over, they would just leave them alone. You know, they wouldn't, like, set up uh, observation, hidden observation stations yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was definitely, yeah, it, it definitely was a different kind of thing for, for, for them to get involved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sort of makes sense, but it definitely seems risky, as it clearly was, you know, based on the movie. <laughs> well, it wasn't the whole thing that uh, Data had a problem because of the morality of the situation or something. Wasn't that what it was? Is like, that what happened? It, isn't that why he, he like, uh, did what he did in the, in the beginning? Like, he basically insurrected. Um, <laughs> 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 Is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was it? Wasn't that what it was? Like he had some sort of malfunction because of 
Yes. Uh, because I think of you're right. like, the morality of what of whatever they were trying to do, and he found out or something weird. I, like yeah. That. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. God, you 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 remember that movie better than I do. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I forgot, yeah, at the beginning he was going crazy and it's like, what's wrong with you? And I mean, yeah, and that's the thing that brings everybody in because, yeah. you know, but, uh, so yeah, so maybe it makes sense that, you know, they don't really do this kind of thing a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's, uh, my point, I guess, is it doesn't seem in keeping with the Federation principles, you know. Yeah. And, and obviously the people who, I guess, were the whole, the the guy who, um the, the the admiral or whatever who was kind of working with the sona I guess was corrupt anyway so I guess that's the whole idea was this was sort of a corrupt operation in, to begin with yeah 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 I think that is the idea the federation they they did those plot lines certain times where they were oh yeah they've, they've had their share of bad of bad guys in power definitely. yeah definitely yeah, yeah the Federation does some, especially if you watch Deep Space Nine. Like Federation gets pretty like crazy sometimes. Federation is no joke in Deep Space. I'm Nine. just like, I'm just like, man, guys, calm down. Why are you so evil? Mm-hmm. Really weird. Like I, you know, Next Generation makes you think they're they're pretty benevolent most of the time, but uh, I think I think that's that's kind of what the difference was. I think they were showing was you know Next Generation. Was was a continuation of the original Star Trek, the sort of classic goals and ideas of yeah. of humanity and those those sort of things. Deep Space Nine gets you in the middle of the nitty gritty. I think yeah, uh, you've got the, this you know this sort of the, the, you start at the end of this uh, this war and occupation, and everyone hates everybody else already, and it's uh, yeah, and it's not it, it's the opposite of like what Next Generation was in terms of like. You know, you've got. I mean, you got Quark, who you start off with a character who is, who is. Uh, you know, the whole Ferengi's mantra is is not in line with the Federation and their right. goals, and and deal. And so dealing with that, and the whole station, the station. I guess I just shortened space station. Uh, <laughs> the station um, was, uh, you know, full of full of people who were always doing devious things and different kinds of people and all that crap and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They there's a lot of politics. To, yeah, know, the, yeah. The politics involved and all that stuff. D- different, different and, factions, and and, yeah. and you know, the Federation has to take a side on these things. And uh, you know, in general, in, in next generation, it seemed like they tried more to stay neutral. But uh, yeah, uh, I think they had the. I think largely, you know, the crew of the Enterprise had the luxury of doing that because most of their encounters we're out in deep space. Yeah. And they could say, no, we're going to be neutral and leave, or we're going to help yeah. in the situation. And it wasn't like, you know, I mean, Deep Space Nine was the hub of all that stuff. They were living in that uh, situation. Yeah. I just, I, yeah. it seemed like a next generation of the Federation would say, no, you need to stay neutral. And then yeah. you would just be like, no, yeah. I'm going to go help them. God damn it. You know, mm-hmm. well, I guess you wouldn't say God damn it. But anyway, yeah. And, yeah. and, and then, uh, uh, it seems like it's the other way around. Like they, you know, they want to do something, and then the Federation's like, "No, no, you can't do that because the Federation position is this, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to help them because we need we need our alliance with so and so because we have yeah, to, you it's know. definitely in different times. I mean, they weren't they weren't in the middle of a war. I mean, with uh, yeah. during Next Generation. Uh, I mean, they had the the sort of the Borg thing, and that's about it. Um. 
there there wasn't any major war. Right. Yeah. Or conflict. I, I guess. Know. Yeah. I guess that was that was the thing. But it was just weird to see. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> a little Star Trek talk. <laughs> um, You're so, listening to Trek Chat. That's right. <laughs> Call <him> Justin. <sighs> yeah. So you excited about the, the new movie? The new Star Trek movie? Yeah. I, excited is not a word I'd use. <laughs> okay. I think, I was just talking about this, I think if, um, you know, when I heard they were going to make it, I was like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard J.J. Abrams was directing, and I said, okay, that, yeah. that, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I saw the trailer, and they made it look like it, they made it look like an. I understood it's going to be an action movie. They're they're mm-hmm. selling you on the action. Um, yeah. I think at the very least, if it's a good action movie, it'll be fine. Okay. I think if it's any more than that, it's that's a bonus. Bonus. Okay. Um, I think the fact that they're even trying to revive the franchise is a good thing, and I think it's smart to that the way they're marketing the movie and the the idea of it just being the younger generation. And, you know, they got all these young kids starring in it and that in an action movie. You know, Fast and the Furious in outer space. I mean, if they can pull that off, uh, you know, then I think that'll be good for rebooting the uh, the franchise. And then I think they can do other stuff with that. Mm-hmm. So so I'm looking at the movie as, as, as you know, a propon- you know, propelling the future of Star Trek more than... I hope this is a great Star Trek movie. Okay. Because I, I just, I, I think they need to ramp up to that. Uh, and especially considering, you know, I'm not really a fan of the classic the original era. Yeah. So I'm not really in, that invested in these characters anyway. Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, I think, um, I, I hope it's pretty good. Uh, and I think uh, as, long as, it's a de- as long as it's a pretty good action movie, yeah. you know, like, then I, I'll be happy. Even if I were invested, I I still feel like I'd be kind of marginally interested in seeing a prequel about them. I mean, it's it's really it would really still be about how good it was. I'm not just inherently interested in the younger days of you know characters that I that I care about. You know, I don't I don't necessarily think that's just that's just going to be great automatically. Well, it's not the younger days. It's just it's the um... It's the original series characters, like, they're on the Enterprise, aren't they? I don't think so. I think it's in, like, the Academy. Am I wrong? I, I thought it I thought it was before the events of the original series. Oh. Are, um, you, are you really? I'm, well, I thought in the trailer I was pretty sure they were on the Enterprise, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I... Like, I, th- I thought we actually see the Enterprise being built... Oh, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Definitely prequel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what? I, as you know, uh, Star Trek Academy. You know, I've always wanted to see a show or something about Star Trek Academy. Mm, yeah. We, we we've seen a bit of it on Next Generation when Wesley went. Mm-hmm. I I I think I, I would love to see a TV show. Honestly, if I could do anything in Star Trek, I would do a Star Trek Academy TV show. Um, I think it's a great idea, um, and it, they're, so they seem like they're kind of doing that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. I forgot. I, yeah, I forgot that. I forgot it was uh, it was them in their uh, their early years. Yeah. Yeah. It would be weird if they actually did like 
And maybe they're going to. Maybe after this they will. But it would be weird if they actually go to, you know, the future, go to the time of, of events that have already, you know, been covered. Mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. with these new actors, you know that'll be yeah they might that'll be a whole new thing. Doing a prequel is sort of safe, you know they don't really have to yeah know, match up with anything uh, that we've already seen. But uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't even really I didn't really consider that as a possibility. I guess if it did well, maybe they would do that. It'd be weird. I wonder if J.J. Abrams is really going to take over the franchise completely, or if he's just kind of jumping in for this movie. Yeah. Because that's a big, does a uh, lot, man. He does big... a lot of stuff. I mean, he yeah. is, he's all over the place. I think it was pretty telling that he didn't, you know, stay on board Lost. <laughs> you know, I think he. Yeah. I think he likes to get things going. Um, and hand them off to someone. And, yeah, I mean, I don't even know of the last couple of his shows which ones he was really showrunner really of. involved with. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't think I don't think he's done anything on Lost since season three. And I I don't know what he did on Alias. Um, when he does his movies where he's directing them, presumably he's involved there. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the TV shows, it does seem like he just kind of gets them going. He might help write the initial script, direct the initial episode, and that's about it. What the fuck? Well, apparently he's... Hmm. Okay, well, maybe not. I'm confused. Uh, um, IMDb is giving him all these writing credits on all these episodes, but I guess... For oh, what? No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's what it is. I knew there was a key, a catch here. They're, they're creator credits. That's what they mm, are. Yeah. But it's under writing, and I was like, there's no way he wrote these episodes. No. That, as, far, as far as I know, the only things he had a hand in writing were the pilot and the first episode of season three. Yeah. That was it. Um, yeah, that's what I remember, too. And the only um, thing he directed was the pilot. Oh, I see. They put creator. Well, I'll mm-hmm. give him credit for everything. Yeah, they should move that. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, he's got all these shows, and he gets executive producer credit, and he, that could mean he's running it, but it doesn't have to mean that. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I would I would be surprised though if he's trying to like I mean unless he inks a deal with Paramount to direct you know this one goes well and they they say hey do do three more for us or something on the you other know, I can see that but it, but I don't know if I see him taking up the reins himself uh, on the other hand I I don't really know uh, in in the in the case of Star Trek like I I don't know. I don't exactly know what Gene Roddenberry or, or I guess Rick Berman when he took over, whatever their role was, but they didn't they didn't write episodes. Uh, uh, 
and they didn't direct or anything. Yeah, um, they were. Those are the guy. Uh, Rick Berman was like at Paramount. Yeah. So he's resp- uh, like he those guys. I think he he was like executive producer. I think. Yeah. Um. So he's basically in control of the direction of the brand. You know, of the in series. general. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking maybe JJ can do that and not necessarily be like hands on. Involved, mm-hmm. you know, like somewhat have a say in where it goes, but not really kind of day to day involvement. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. But probably not. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how Berman got that exactly. I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't know what kind of position that was or if it was strictly just being executive producer of the of the series or was it more of a some sort of title of uh with Paramount or something I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. But um like I said, I think if I think I think if JJ has an opportunity to direct some more I can see that happening. I don't necessarily see him saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna on my own do Star Trek movies and, you know, right, get the franchise." I don't know if he likes Star Trek like that, or if he cares that much to spend the effort and time. Right. With me, he seems like the kind of guy who wants to do a lot of different things all the time. Yeah. You know. So, but I mean, you could do a movie every five years or something. I don't know. We'll see. But I would be surprised. I don't know. I'd be surprised with with JJ if he was, unless he got a deal to direct a whole bunch or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem. It seems like he would be doing other things. And yeah, yeah, he's like, oh, I already did that. Why do I want to do that again? You know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. All right. It would just be weird. It would just be weird if he actually became in charge of the whole Star Trek thing mm-hmm. and where it went, you know, that, I mean, and the movie's already going to be different, you know, Yeah, it's just, it's completely separated from, you know, obviously from the original series, you know, a lot, uh, but even from the most recent stuff, oh, which, so. which had, which had kind of a continuum of people, yeah. you know, that worked on, on even, I think all four, uh, I think there were there were some people that actually worked on all four of the recent series. Yeah. So uh, and it, you know that none of them have anything to do with this movie. So I don't know. Yeah, it'll be weird. Yeah, it will be weird. I don't know what they're gonna do. They got a picture of this crazy guy with stuff on his face. Kind of looks like Ooh. Darth Maul. What crazy guy? Where are you where are you looking at? I was just looking at the IMDB page. Oh. There's, you see the guy with the yeah. like stuff? Eric Banna. Yeah, Eric Eric Banna. Who's that? Uh I don't know. He looks kinda like a Vulcan with stuff on his face. I can't really tell. I mean Romulan, sorry. Uh, I can't really tell what what uh, what he's about. He's I he seems like a new character to me. Let me see what his name is. Uh, Nero. Nero. Yeah, I've never heard of. I mean, 
Boo. Yeah, I don't think so. I'd say he's probably a new character. You're probably right. I mean, why not have a new character? Yeah, no, they're definitely going to have... They're definitely going to have new characters. Um... These guys who wrote the movie uh, wrote on uh, Hercules and uh, Xena and uh, Jack of All Trades. Wow. Um, So I liked all those things in a weird way, so I don't know what that means. Oh, they wrote The Island. Oh, no. You know, uh, Gene Roddenberry's wife, I think, died recently. Oh, yeah? And... Uh, but I think they—they, they, I remember reading they actually got her to do the voice of the computer oh, cool. um, before she died. But that's going to be it. <laughs> she's no, not, she's not really going to do the computer voice again. Whoever, uh, you know, I'll say it now. Whoever does the next Star Trek movie, uh, really should take the time and invest in capturing all known audio of her as the computer voice. <laughs> And spending the time and money to make it where she can say just about anything. Mm-hmm. She did say and a lot I of just, things. She she said probably, I would say, with the exception of a few plot-specific things, maybe. But I bet you can make an, another Star Trek movie mm-hmm. with just clips of what she said before. Just clips, yeah, you're probably right. Because it's pretty standard stuff a lot It's of really standard stuff. Yeah. It's really standard stuff. And she said so much in so many different ways, you know, in so many different times. Yeah. That honestly, with technology, it shouldn't be an issue. Like, I really, mm-hmm. that would actually be pretty cool if they made her sort of live on in that way and she could, like, always be the voice. Yeah, they didn't have to know. get somebody else. Because, yeah, yeah I, was, I was just thinking, I was like, man, are they going to have to? honestly, what they would do is say, you know, it would be a new ship and we'd come on this ship and it would be, you know, whoever we've known before and they'd say, they ask something for the computer and then the computer has a new voice and they could comment about, oh, yeah. We got a new voice with the upgrade of the digital whatever mm-hmm. system, and that's it. And they would just say it, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exciting that is. That was really great. I, <laughs> you just blew me away. Uh, yeah, it would be pretty weird um, to do that, especially if they stay in that old timeline, because then they have to explain why her voice comes back at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, it wouldn't be that hard, I guess. Instead of trying to get someone to sound exactly like that, I guess they could just, oh, we got a new voice for blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they have it recorded, so I think, I mean, uh, that'd be cool. I think that's what they should do. If they don't do that, it'd be weird. It will be weird, because that's that's one of those things that's kind of constant through all the the series. Yeah, that was actually cool. That was that was always nice to have her around after Roddenberry was gone. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. I guess she was a character as well, but uh Yeah, she yeah, she was a character as well. And then uh, the whole Loxana thing. I mean, yeah. like, that was huge. Yeah. Like they gave her a lot of shit to do. They did, yeah. <laughs> she was she was at least once or twice uh a season. Yeah, she just she was always around. It's like, "All right, yeah. Not getting written to her, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was weird. That was surprising how much they did that. Yeah, I don't know. I think um 
I think it'd be interesting to see Star Trek set, uh, you know, even further in the future, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder, you know, if they're going to ever try that and see what, um, you know. I mean, I don't know, see what crazy, what, I mean, the transporter and replicator are getting old, man, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, people are working on that stuff, like, right now in labs, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> transporting matter from place to place, because apparently it's possible. Thanks, physics. Mm-hmm. Um, no problem. <laughs> This is crazy, man. It's just like, hey, here's something that is impossible, right? Nah, mm-hmm. not if you figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so yeah, I was reading about all those experiments that they do where they can, you know, they they put like molecules in this gas and they do something, and the molecule will go to this other point in the gas because the the the, the like the the molecule, the gas itself, basically creates a copy of that molecule in a different place or something like that. It's like this most ridiculous thing, but it's, I see. it's basically it's basically transportation on a molecular level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like an identical copy of this thing. And uh, so, you know, they're working on that now. <laughs> um, wow. So we're going to, I've said it before, I'll say it again, we're going to see a lot of crazy stuff, man. We're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. They have a. Uh, they successfully uh, shut down the gene in rats that tells their body to store excess fat. Oh so yeah, yeah. The rats can about that. eat as much as they want, have a high caloric intake, and, and have the same health benefits of a low caloric intake. And you know they don't gain any extra weight, and you know that's you know. It always starts in the rats, right? Yeah, oh. yeah. The rats are first. The rats Thank are you, first. Rats. Then the monkeys. Mm-hmm. And then us. Right. Right. So um, be looking for that one soon. When it's just like when the concept of eating is will totally change. You know, like you know the concept of portions or like how much you eat and or when you eat or you know like any of like. <laughs> That's gonna the nutrition is gonna change, you know. Uh, if you have something like that, the food pyramid won't mean the same. I think, you know. Yeah. 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 So um, vaguely on that topic, uh, can I just make a small political criticism? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you wait. You're. You're criticizing someone politically, or you're criticizing politics? Uh, I'm criticizing. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna actually. I'm criticizing someone philosophically, but this someone is in the realm of politics. Okay. So, so my criticism isn't political, but it's about it's it's about uh the you know an event in the political arena. Okay. It's uh so I uh you probably heard uh you probably heard well before I did uh that uh, uh <laughs> everyone listening probably heard before I did I just heard about this so uh that uh uh that Obama gave this speech about um about stem cell research and he's uh uh you know he put out this this whatever you call it, um, thing that, you know, um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, overturns what, what Bush had in place. 
um, uh, prohibiting it, uh, the funding of it. Uh, particularly embryonic stem cells, because those, you know, those, yeah. those are the contentious. Those are the best. Right, they're the best and the most contentious ones. So. Yeah. Although I have a yeah, I got a, an anecdote about that too. Oh really? <laughs> we can I, talk. Yeah, this is the medical the section, I guess. Okay. The technology section of our podcast. Uh, I've got more on the stem cell research uh, uh, frontier. Justin. You've got an anecdote about stem cell research. All right. So I just wanted to say a small thing about his speech. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, he he took the time in the middle of the speech to say um, the following. I'm just going to quote from Please. the speech. And we will ensure that our government never opens the door to the use of cloning for human reproduction. It is dangerous, profoundly wrong, and has no place in our society or any society. Okay, end quote. So he says that. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a bold statement. Um uh, and uh, and I'm not even saying he's wrong. Uh, I'm just I want to point that out in contrast to this statement from <laughs> the next paragraph. Um, <laughs> this statement from not two days later, not next week, last week, uh, from later in the same speech. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. I mean, not only the same speech. This is the next like thing that he says. Um. Uh, uh, so he just pro- kidding. It'd <laughs> uh, be funny. Uh, yeah, this order is an important step in advancing the cause of science in America. Um, uh, but let's be clear: promoting science isn't just about providing resources; it's also about protecting free and open inquiry. Uh, it's about letting scientists like those here today do their jobs, free from manipulation or coercion, and listening to what they tell us, even when it's inconvenient, especially mm-hmm. when it's inconvenient. It's about ensuring that scientific data is never distorted or concealed to serve a political agenda, and that we make scientific decisions based on facts, not ideology. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the uh, <laughs> that's the next paragraph. Now, here's my criticism. Um, if you're going to say that cloning is dangerous, profoundly wrong, and has no place in our society or any society, you can't tell me that's not ideology. <laughs> it is. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, and I think he would agree that it is. Um, I think there are certain issues where you you make your stance on them, and it will come down to ideology. I don't think you can uh, judge uh, our base, most people wouldn't base their, all of their morality or moral judgment on science, you know, yeah. obviously. It's pretty hard to just do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, that's a valid criticism, and I think, uh, you know, I think he obviously has to play the field on both sides, and I, I honestly think cloning, uh, human, like full human cloning, it, it is probably, the, uh, uh, you know, the most dangerous technology you create. Uh, in terms of its implications and and and, yeah. and and the the amount of crap you'd have to deal with once that happened, um, so I can definitely see him saying that uh, he definitely yeah. made. Uh, and I think you know he's a, he's he's pragmatic, and I think he he knows he's that there's people who are listening to his speech who don't like the fact that he is opening the gates to more embryonic cell since cell research. Um, and so he wants to let them know that it will not go to human cloning. 
Right. They won't go there. I'm telling you because I hate it. Um, so I think, you know, he's got to, he's got to give them that message too. And I, and I'm sure he, you know, he probably believes that. And I, I think, like you said, it's, it, that's not necessarily wrong to believe that. Um, yeah, I'm not, pretty... I'm not going to say it's, it's wrong. I, it's just that to, to tell yourself that's based on fact to say cloning has no place in any society and not ideology is just, you know, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ridiculous! Like that is that yeah. is not based on hey, facts well, maybe at all. He could, maybe he there. Maybe there's. I don't know. I'd love to hear him defend that. Uh, maybe he's got some reason of how he can reconcile that. Because I think I think maybe if you think about okay, if you have if you've cloned a human, you know maybe maybe in terms of the morality of that situation, he thinks that there's no justification for it. Mm-hmm. So you know, but I guess that that's more ideology than. Uh, but, but it's, you know, it's, you know, it comes down to a moral judgment, I guess. So he's saying there's, yeah, there's no moral reason why it should exist. So that, I guess that trumps, you know. Yeah. And the thing that he's saying is we should, we should listen to science and technology. And and so I think he would be in trouble if, if you could point out a situation in which science is saying, you know, much like stem cell research, <laughs> yeah. where science is saying here's an obvious benefit, and then, you know, a conservative person would say, no, I don't like this because of my ideology. Like, if, if he right. was in a situation like that, it would be definitely worse. But I think yeah, given the fact that there's no obvious benefit to cloning someone, like full human cloning, uh, you know, it's just I can see his point, you know. Uh, if it was like, oh, you clone yourself and you get this great benefit that everyone want, then it'd be like, okay, you're being, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, this is. Here's my ideology. I don't. I don't see anything inherently wrong with cloning. I mean, it's definitely something not to be taken lightly. But uh, I just, just, just the act in itself, like, you know, I, I, I it's hard for me to see exactly what. Is so terrible about it. I mean, it, the, the, the 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 way things are right now, um, you know, two uh, adults can get together and produce a child by having sex. Um, what at will? I mean, you mean the stork comes and brings a baby <laughs> after two people commit to loving each other. I'm sorry, you're right. What did I say? That's that's what having sex means. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and and there's there's no oversight of this. There's there's no, and and we don't think there should be. I mean, we think people should have this ability, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's well, it's a natural, it's a natural ability and instinct, and you, yeah, you, yeah, to. To go against that would be to go against being, you know, man. Yeah, we sort of, you know, have yeah. a problem with a society like like China, for example, where they have limits on reproduction. You know, you can yeah. have one child, and, and you know, that, that that's sort of bad. You know, an indication of a, um, a, a of a bad society. And uh, I, I, I just, I, I think the idea of. Um, you know, creating a, a human being by cloning. Um, you know, I, I don't see why that's why that's so much. You know, why that's just so much at, so far out of bounds compared to just two people getting together. Uh, and you know. Well, here's the thing: if 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 you want to create, if, if two people or or you know a person is trying to have a child, 
Um, and, you know, the options to them are in vitro or adoption or whatever. Uh, and one of the options is to, you know, uh, you know, you know, cloning or something. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's other options for that than cloning. To me, when I say what I'm saying in terms of human cloning is saying I'm Joe on the street and I want another copy of myself for no other reason than I want a copy of myself. I don't want a copy of myself because I need or, need it for just in case my, you know, I'm a smoker, I want to smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a society where, you know, because, I mean, I feel like in the future, you know, you will, ha- you will have the ability to have backup parts. You know, you need a new kidney, you don't have to ask your relatives. You can grow one in a lab. It'll cost you, you know, a thousand bucks or something. The identical replica of your kidney, you know, that kind of technology people are working on now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you don't need full human cloning to do the to get these sort of medical benefits. So like, so what I'm saying when I say human cloning is saying just the idea of here I want another I just want another copy of this adult per, or child person, uh, not for a reproductive benefit, not because of you know some some reason like that, but just you know to me then all you're getting is these, these horrible moral questions and situations and, and um, um, you know, you're bringing this, this sort of person into, into you know, uh, being uh, that, ha- that does not sort of have a unique identity in, in, a, in a, the conventional sense. And, and it, that's, you know, to me that's nothing to mess around with. Uh, but, but in terms of like what it actually is and, you know, the, the science of it, I, you know, obviously I have no problem with, but, um, you know, so I don't think it's inherently bad. I, I would say it's, to me, it's bad because of the problems that come with it. And, and I don't see any benefit to doing it. Um, because I think there's problems with a ton of technology. I mean, nanotechnology, uh, genetic engineering, all of these things have huge moral consequences, but they also have huge benefits to society attached to them, so that's why I don't have a problem with them in that same way. Yeah. But full human cloning, I mean, unless someone is like, hey, this is a scenario in which it would be beneficial and it makes sense, I'd be okay, but yeah. I, can't think, I can't think of one where, um, where it, would, it would be... I, I guess, be, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I would imagine that, you know, maybe... Um, uh, you know, I, well, but I mean, let's say, let's say a couple uh can't have kids, or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, okay. um, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I agree that it's weird, but uh, but what's what is wrong with them sort of having a clone baby? Oh, of one of themselves? Yeah, or someone they know. You know that's um, that's willing to do it. I mean, if they see that's the thing. If it if it if it's if the idea is to for reproduction, and that would be for reproduction. You know, to have a child, have a family. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like cloning your pet almost. It's like you know. I I think there obviously are really bad. Just ugh. Ugh, having to deal with like, yeah, sorry, you know, Charlie, you know, my son, you're really, you know, you're you're a clone of our great uncle or something, you know. Like <laughs> I having agree to that it's weird. having to explain that, don't don't even I don't want to be anywhere near that conversation. <laughs> but um Yeah. 
But I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I do. I think it's strange for my, you know, simple 21st century mind. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but there's nothing inherently wrong with that. To me, like I said, full like adult cloning. Like I I am an adult. I want this other adult. See, with a kid, there's this inherent, uh, you know, guardianship built yeah. into it. I guess, and, and I guess I'm assuming that. It, I guess I'm assuming that the clone isn't fully formed. I, I guess yeah, I'm assuming that the, I'm, the clone, yeah, the clone it, it, is is basically like a twin who was born later. You know, yeah, the same, the same DNA and everything. Um, I think by the time we but get they grow to, up. By the time we get to, you know, designer babies and, and, and people willingly and wanting to uh, pick certain traits for their kids and it to be relatively simple and easy to do, I think the idea of wanting to have a kid that is the clone of some other person won't be that crazy. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But I think right now it, it's, we're, we're not it's there. a little. I definitely think we're not there. Yeah, I definitely think we're not there. I agree. Uh, and he probably had to say that, and I even believe he probably believes that. But um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it just uh, you know, back to back like that, it just really kind of hit me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Um, uh, and that's I mean, people say well, that. He's- you know, he's an interesting character, man. I mean, uh, you know, I, I love me some Obama, of course, but, um, <laughs> you know, this is the same man who says, you know, we have to, and I don't fault him for this because I think he is living up to it, but it's just in terms of, you know, how he has to play both sides or how he plays both sides, um, you know, he says we should not, you know, govern, uh, have politics be governed by, you know, uh, religion and uh, sort of uh-huh. ideology. It should be by facts and thinking about things. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But of course, you know, he will end his his speeches and things with you know, God bless you mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Um, uh, so he, you know, he's got he's got both sides of that. Um, man, I, I finally watched Religious uh, last night. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I finally uh, decided to take that plunge. Uh, it was weird. It's uh, you gotta like Bill Maher, I think, to uh, yeah. You to, oh, to I thought you were saying it. you have to like Bill Maher in general, but you have to like it to enjoy the movie. I agree. Yeah, yeah, because especially the whole thing about you know, it, it, obviously it's centered on him, but uh, it, yeah, it's about his his questioning and his journey, his life, and has his family there and like mm-hmm. that whole thing. And I love Bill Maher, so I I thought it was all great. Um, uh, I thought it was a pretty good movie. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I'd heard before, and you know, I'm 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 on his page in general. Uh, yeah, and he didn't go too far. I thought there was like one or two times where he was he was you know what I would say rude or something. Yeah, uh, but not as bad as I thought he was going to be, uh, and not as bad as I've seen him on his show. Yeah, he's definitely worse on the show. Yeah, he didn't push it that much. Yeah. He kind of just he kind of would just ask a fairly fairly gentle question and 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 let them answer it and yeah and and maybe challenge them a little bit but he definitely most of the time didn't sort of just um you know try to hit them in the face with anything yeah I thought it was there's a lot of stuff that was really surprising to see like the 
Yeah, and when he was at the Vatican, the, the priest he was talking to. Oh, yeah, I, ta- I mentioned that. Uh, I don't know oh, if it was yeah. on the podcast or not, so <laughs> whatever. I, at some point I said that to you. That, that That's something Roger Ebert talked about in his review, that, that this guy – that that he interviews who's like laughing off some of uh yeah. some of these some of these ideas that you know Roger Ebert says you know when I was growing up my my parents and and you know the people <laughs> the people at my church told me were absolutely true you know yeah yeah uh and uh and it's so bizarre to see someone at the Vatican actually having this cavalier attitude about oh man and he was I Catholic mean, he was old guy so he was all he lived through all that he knows yeah and it, I thought it was interesting because he. He was like, "Yeah, it's all bullshit, but I'm, but I'm, I'm a part of it. I believe it. What I don't know where he, how he would answer that sentence, but yeah, but, but, but he. <laughs> I think what was what was clear from watching Religious is, or at least what I saw the Memphis uh, delineate was the difference between, um, um, you know, the kind of stuff that religion adds on top of." you know, spirituality or, or, or this, this, this sort of, you know, what's in the Bible versus, you know, what the, the kind of stuff that, that people add and the kind of, you know, when they talk about the Mormon yeah. church and yeah. uh, the, 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 the sort of things that, that, that are, that are just, you know, not part of the original idea. Um, and one of the things that was cool, which is, you know, it, it makes sense, but I, I, I think it was nice to see a graph of it was, you know, the period of time in which the Bible was written and the period mm-hmm. of time for modern science. Right. And the guy was like, how how could it have modern science in it? Right. Um, and well, you know, answer, God wrote it. That's exactly <laughs> the answer. And I think the answer is, if it was truly divine and it had modern science in it, that would be the proof. It would proof. be very you know, compelling. That would be, yeah, yeah. That, would, that would be the proof. How, would you, how else could you explain it? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Other if, than time travel. Right. <laughs> which is, Yikes. Which, if that's the answer, let's talk about that. <laughs> I agree. You've changed the topic to something possibly even more exciting. Um, yeah, so that's what uh, – that was interesting, but um, – Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that that part uh, is definitely weird. And I also – you know, I, what what was the original idea? I mean, I you know, I don't know the that, original idea. I don't know what? that we'll ever really know exactly. Of what? You know, you you were saying about the things people add in. You know, mm-hmm. but I feel like the history of religions has been the history of people adding things in. So it's hard to separate out. Well, you I know, think... what what the original ideas from what people were adding in because it's sort of always been a kind of pastiche of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's it. I mean, you, you look at what you would, you know, what, you know, you take a standard and then you look at what what it's based on and you see the stuff that was added and you can keep going back. I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sort of, I guess it all originally goes back to sort of storytelling. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It, it really goes back to storytelling and trying to explain nature and what yeah. man is seeing and trying to explain these like these these large concepts you yeah. know, of life and death and reality and yeah, you, and, yeah. and make and you know and, and and reconciling the strange things your body does right you know uh you can appear dead and then not be dead and mm-hmm. you know like there there's all kinds of things that happen and and and, and the mind is is very imaginative right and, and 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 wants to fill in the gaps i mean you know the 
there was a group of people who lived on this planet who thought the stars were actually celestial beings. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um and one of the things in Revelation was that they that they put out at the end of the movie, you know, one of the things they flash is is some quote about, you know, when when the end times come, the stars will fall, you know, to earth. Mhm. And it's like, well, if you think about it, these stars are, you know, millions of light years away. Yeah. Most of them are thousands and millions and hundreds of thousands of times bigger than our than our than our planet. Right. So even if they came within some ridiculously small distance to us, we would evaporate. The the sun's <laughs> gravity alone is what keeps us in orbit. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean and the sun is a small star itself, so even if that was yeah. the, even if that was the first one to come, okay, yeah, we're definitely done. So yeah. just that the idea of singing the star, you know, the, you look at the star, it's a small, it's a small whatever, you imagine it's pretty big, so if it came down, oh, would it be like a meteor, right? Well, no. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, so that's the thing, it's, it's simple things like that that you, that you kind of think about, and it just, it just, I don't know, it just puts those things in a different context, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely, essentially, uh, the human brain hasn't changed that much in a pretty long time, and mm-hmm. so you have people with essentially the same capacity as people have now, say, 75,000 years ago, and, mm-hmm. you know, they wake up to, uh, you know, this very complicated world around them, um, and, of course, themselves, like you said, their own bodies and what, what it's doing, which is kind of strange if you think about it, which they could. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so yeah, I definitely think there was definitely a, a drive to instantly try to make some kind of sense of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so language was pretty early there. Uh, I think that uh, that was a that was definitely a uh, a big uh, a yeah. big a big thing a big step forward uh, to because without language uh, expressing um, ideas about uh, you know what the what the content of the universe is, was pretty pointless. Yeah. Um, I guess pictures, you know, I guess that was the best you could do. Um, uh, in some sense, I guess the picture sort of, you know, formed some kind of basis for written language. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I, I, I can completely understand it. And I, I definitely think that, you know, the, the history, the history of religions is, is, tumultuous i mean i i think the role they played in society uh you know and what what they were about in a particular age has has definitely changed over time you know i think what, uh, yeah what they were in the time they were created versus what they were 500 years from then and 500 years after yeah. that you know it, it's it's evolved over time and what we have now is definitely i think would be unrecognizable to people 500 oh, yeah. years ago or something as, as being real sort of religion, you know, it's, it, it's, it's yeah. very, it's just very different. I, I think religion played, has played a very valuable role in the, in the evolution of the species in terms of unifying people in certain areas and, and for common things and much like a language, you know, just, just, a, a very strong way to connect people and and to sort of try to help guide people in certain things and uh and I think you know at a certain point um you know you don't you don't need those that that thing anymore it doesn't it doesn't have the same ability I think what connects us now is technology you know what what makes us yeah. similar to the guy down the street is that we all we both have cell phones we both use the internet we both do email we you know you can list 
similarities in just technology alone, and that would, you know, that that'd be a huge list. Um, yeah. So I think you, you know, you, there's trade-offs like that. I think you see that throughout human history, different guiding for different, different, different sort of things, and and religion is a big one. Yeah. Uh, because but but I but know. I think the 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 globalization of the world, the the things you're describing, you know, get, making us more in touch with. You know, seventy five thousand years ago, you you wouldn't be in touch with much more than you know a small radius around where you were born, and you wouldn't really yeah. be in contact with uh, yeah. people aside from you know people you were very closely related to yeah. um, your entire life, yeah. and uh, and that's changed a lot. And mm-hmm. I think even thinking of religion as as religion is is something that you know, I mean. You know, if you if you if you live in if you live in a society where everyone believes exactly the same things, it's I don't even think you really think to call it a religion. It's just sort of what's true, you know, about the world. I I think we we need that concept because we realize that everybody doesn't believe the same things, and mm-hmm. uh, and so we need to work to describe these various somewhat similar kinds of things that you find um, various places. And I, I you know I think that was um, you know. Uh, uh, a bit of a blow uh, initially discovering that. And I think initially the solution was we just need to convert them all. <laughs> you know, if, if, if... Well, yeah, it became, it became this is what we believe about how you should live your life and you aren't doing that. And our religion, I mean, that, that, and here comes the, where religion gets bad is our religion says that's not good. And we need, and, and now it's our job to change you. Right. See, that's the problem. Is if it was, if religion said you need to do this, when this, and this to get the ultimate goal of this religion, or to live this life, well, there's nothing wrong with that. But when it says everybody yeah. else has to, right? <laughs> and when it says, you know, um, uh, and when it gives you examples of of you know uh, the destruction of people who don't believe or who are uh, not following them. You know, when Bill Maher talks about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was, it's just so hilarious. It's mm-hmm. so, that that story is so ridiculous <laughs> that that is, like, like, what are you supposed to glean from the guy, from, from you know, two, two angels go to this town, mm-hmm. these cities, and, you know, the town wants to rape them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and the, the yeah. holiest guy in the town... In order, he doesn't like come up with some sort of ingenious like plan to like get the angels to escape, or yeah. the angels don't sort of like you know, uh, you know, use you know mor- moralistic philosophy to mm-hmm. convince the town to do otherwise. <laughs> the guy just gives the town his daughters instead, and uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, what does that tell you? You look at that, and you look at the subjugation of women over time. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? What are you supposed to What are you supposed to get from that as a as a as a, as, a, as humans when when a lot of mythology and stories have these sort of what we would consider archaic notions yeah. about about very simple things. I right. Mean, you know, look at slavery in the Bible. You sure. Know what I mean? And and. And, and so it's no wonder when you have someone who is, you know, a religious conservative who uh, is, is bigoted or something, mm-hmm. you know, who has their Bible to back them up that the racists shouldn't intermarry, you know. Right. Even if that's a wrong interpretation, you know. Right. 
so that's obviously that's obviously the problem. And, and you know, when Bill Maher was talking to uh, the trucker guys, you know, and he was asking about the Bible, and, and it's just like, well, the Bible is true. Why is it? Because it's the Bible. And, you know, it, it always makes me think of, you know, you'll know this, but I know it from back in the day. Uh, you know, when you write uh, proofs or something, mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, write your givens or whatever. And right. it's like, you know, with with religion, the problem is, the given is that something is true. Something mm-hmm. that you can't really prove is true. You yeah. know, God, God exists, or the Bible is real, or whatever sort of you want to say. Yeah. That's the problem. And when people try to defend it, they can only go back to that, to the fact that, well, it, it's true, I believe it, I have faith, and, and of course, that's where the faith comes in. Right. So um, that's, what, that's what's interesting is, um, is you know, he, and he got them to a point where they really couldn't sort of answer certain questions. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and I've been in that position uh, with you, uh, and and having to to really believe, and I think it is a true statement. It's a it's an I think that's why I believed it was you know the idea of, well you know, I you know I can't answer that question because God's plan is so much greater than mm. what we could imagine. You know, which I think should be true. <laughs> okay. Which is why you know the idea of you know, uh, the the Mormon God living on you know a different planet and sort of being a man a normal human man, like that, you know, that that makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, give me an all-powerful, initial being, Yeah. you know, I can make I can make sense of that. Um, Just don't make him live in Missouri. Yeah, don't make him live in Missouri, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's, so, uh, yeah that's, that, that's the thing. It's, um, yeah, and, and like Bill Maher said, and I totally, I totally think religion is, is valuable in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, and I think for a lot of people, he gets them through hard times, and I think I don't, I don't know what else certain people would have. Like he says, you know, he un, I understand it when there's a guy in prison in the hole, and he's like, mm-hmm. all I got is Jesus. You know, yeah. It's a, it, to me that's human emotion. That's that's humanity at work, uh, wanting to needing to cling to something for hope and yeah. for savior. And people give that a name. You know, people people yeah. personify it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I yeah. think that's, that, that's what that is. So I, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. It's all the extra. No. That's, the extra, like, that's one uh, of the many things that that religion does. Uh, you know, it, it it does more than that, but I, I think that's that's one of the areas where it's really hard to, it's really hard to say that that's, you know, that that's terrible, that there's something wrong with that. I mean, I, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if someone wants to cling to whatever, I you know, <laughs> uh to to sort of help them cope with something I mean, it's really hard to say um you know that they they shouldn't be able to do that you know whether whether it's you know tr- objectively true or or not you know mm-hmm. it 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 sort of uh, doesn't matter that you know the role and, it's playing and that's the thing when you're in a um a situation where there seems like there's no hope what could get you out of there other than extraordinary means, you know? Yeah. Other than something you can't see or taste or touch or anything, but, you know, you hope is out there because that's what you're counting on in terms of, you know, you're in this situation. Yeah. Um, and, and and I think, you know, uh, for better or worse, we have the intellectual and mental capacity to uh, to make these, to make what we think feel real, you know. Yeah. And uh and you know you see that in like anything, but uh not mm-hmm. religion, but uh so I think the, I think the combination of all that 
you know, because if we were a more like strictly logical kind of a species where, you know, like a, you know, like, like a dog, like, I don't know. I, I always get baffled that a dog won't kind of see its reflection in a mirror. You mm-hmm. know, like it just, it's just not interested in that because, you know, it, it knows that it's, it's not another dog. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not fooled by it. It doesn't have a smell. You know what I mean? It yeah, is- that's definitely part of it. It doesn't, uh, the, yeah, the dog perceives other things with, with other senses more mm-hmm. so than sight. And so yeah, yeah. I, I think the fa- the lack of that is a big part of why they're not interested because it doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of feel like maybe if you could put some odor in there, you might get more interest. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's very weird. It's, um, but they might also be using their ears and, you know, to send mm-hmm. the footsteps or the breathing or something like that. You know, there's all sorts of little things that happen yeah. when, uh, when an animal is, is standing there and, and it's alive. So, yeah. uh, but, 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 I mean, but I'm always like, uh, I don't mind that it's not fool, it's not another dog. I just mind that they're not curious about the fact that that's mm-hmm. them. Yeah. You know, I always want, I always want the dog to sort of, to sort of, just be interested in seeing something that looks like another dog, but is not, mm-hmm. you know, like, like why am I seeing this? And not even that it has to recognize it, it's itself. Cause that's a huge step. Yes. Yeah, you know, a step. <laughs> but, but just to be like, wow, this thing sort of, sort of looks like another dog, but it doesn't have a smell and it's, you know, it's not like a dog shape and, right. you know, and, 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 and simple things like that, that a dog cares nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on the other hand, like if I, if I, uh, I, I've had experiences where I've been around another dog or another animal or something and, and their smell has gotten on my pants or something. And then, you know, my dog will take a very great interest in the pants, mm-hmm. you know, because, because it smells that, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, that like that definitely like they don't think there's a dog there. You know, it's pants. Yeah. <laughs> but they're very interested in the smell. Yeah. You know, so I, I just, I think their sort of center of gravity about the senses is, is different. Yeah. And so just the, the visual thing just doesn't do much for them in terms of curiosity. Well, there's no smell mirror, so they're missing out. Yeah, that's what they need. They need a smell mirror. <laughs> that would be really <laughs> weird. I don't know how you could do that. I'll but, uh, up the science. Yeah, work on that, guy. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. I was going to say about the uh, God's plan is complex thing. Um, uh, that That's one of those things that uh, uh, I agree it should be true. Uh, on the other hand, there it, it always seems like you can think of a better plan, which, uh, which I'll acknowledge doesn't mean it is, but it always seems like it's pretty easy to come up with a better plan than what has actually happened. Uh, the other the other thing about it is is uh, I I I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's sort of the ultimate dodge you know it's kind of unbeatable. That's, yeah yeah it's definitely it's the it's the last thing you can say. Once you um, say that it's sort of over. You can't really argue with it much because uh, uh, in that case sort of anything that happens sort of fits into that framework. Yeah. So whatever I say can be explained by that and so. So at that point, um, you know, you have to give up. And so it's a, it's a good move in that way. On the other hand, it's sort of, you know, not that great and that it doesn't explain anything. Yeah. You know, um, ideally an explanation will actually sort of do some work and it kind of just pushes it off and says it can't be done. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So that that's what I don't like about it. But it's it is it is kind of unanswerable. So I guess that's what's good about it, and why you, yeah. it, it's a very commonly made move. I definitely think it's something that you you saw less, you know, in, in older times when when less was uh, known, you mm-hmm. know, about about what was wrong. Like it, it's something that became necessary when a certain number of things it, it became apparent that a, a lot of things were just not true. And there, there, there needed to be some kind of, some kind of way of dealing with that. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I think whoever thought of that, you know, originally, it, it was, it was a brilliant move. Uh, hats off. Whoever thought of saying God's plan is complex. Yeah. Mm. And we can't understand it. Yeah. Much like uh, the lady who, who explained the, the, the Holy Trinity by uh, the three states of water. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Something Bill, like Bill, that. Bill was kind of blown away by that. He's like, "Oh, wow, that's a good defense." Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Water can be liquid, uh, solid, or gas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Boom. There you go. Science. It's it it just confirms what we already knew. Um. So yeah, uh, another version of that argument I've heard, and this is it, it actually you, you see very. I mean, I say it's good because it's unbeatable. You know. I mean, I don't actually think it's that good, but there, there's something nice about its unbeatability. You often see this kind of argument, I think, in conspiracy theories as well. Uh, and so an example of that is um, uh, I, I, I've read the idea that dinosaur bones were planted there to test our faith, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. They aren't, there were no such things because they're not in the Bible. But, you know, the the bones are planted there to make us think that they were there, <laughs> you know. What the lengths to which the human mind will go to to reconcile uh, reality from fantasy is pretty extraordinary. I mean, um, I think that's... It's it, like I said, uh, you know, it's it's a. I think it's a it's a it's our greatest power and weakness is, is, is what our mind can convince us of because. Um, you know, the same sort of uh, conviction that can send a man to the moon, uh, you know, the same belief in the seemingly impossible. Uh, and then, of course, you get, you know, things like that where, okay, yeah, there's these dinosaur bones that were planted all over the, the world uh, to throw people off the track for no apparent reason uh, <laughs> other than, other than yeah, to, t- to test faith. And, yeah, like we're, and, we're supposed um, to find them and reject them, mm-hmm. you know, because they contradict, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the scripture. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, you, would, you could tell that person, well, you know, uh, oil is from fossils, you know, they mm-hmm. have to, you know, decay over, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And you know more more than the five thousand that they think is that are. I just think. Yeah, I know. You know when you when you think about the universe and the, the solar system and, and the sun and the planets and uh, and you think five thousand years and you know like, hmm, that's an awful lot to get done in five thousand years. Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, pretty impressive. Well done. And, if it's true. And you just have to reject a lot of science to. To reconcile that, I mean, yeah. you know, carbon dating and fossil records and 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 all of these different uh, technologies that allow us to date things, right? Um, and and, and that is certainly the most extreme position. I mean, there there are a lot of people who don't 
actually believe that. You know, that yeah. they, they have kind of a wishy-washy thing where they pretty much accept the science, but they, they you know, they, they, insert, uh, they insert the religious ideas where they can, you know. They yeah, just, they they try to make it work somehow, and and but they don't sort of openly reject things uh, to that extent. I think a lot of people are in that camp, um, which isn't so bad, but it's definitely a newer phenomenon. You know, it's something that I think people have had to do. Uh, to I I mean I think uh, I'm no religiologist. Uh, I guess I guess the word is theologist. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, theologian. Theologian. Well, it depends on what you're talking about, but um, uh, both both things. Because the, theology, I think, is specifically about um, it, like interpreting the religious texts and stuff like that, or maybe it encompasses the history as well. I don't know. Anyway, what are the other or both? Okay, um, but I'm neither of them. I can guarantee. Um, but it seems to me there is a uh, a sort of. I mean. Overall, if you look at the last couple hundred years, there's a uh, there's a decline in uh, I think sort of the overall belief in uh, you know if you're gonna lump it all together, religion mm-hmm. versus uh, you know uh, you would see the increase in uh, the knowledge and use of science, you know. Right. And uh, I think that is a a, a logical uh, progression, and I think people will. Um, you know, uh, I, I think there will be a, a an increase in the number of people who uh, who sort of devalue religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over time, I mean, over time, there's still a lot of people who will say they are part of religion, but it's it's weakened in the way I describe, and that what yeah. they what that actually means today is is much weaker than it used to be. Okay. You know. It's it's softened a lot, and you'll even hear. I mean, I have personally heard a lot of people saying that somehow, uh, you know, whatever religion they happen to belong to, they don't they don't necessarily think it contradicts or has any problems with people who are part of other religions. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's a very nice thing to say. Uh, certainly socially uh, well adapted, but you know, if you just read the <laughs> words. You know, I yeah. don't think it works. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think, you know, when those religions were created uh, for the times, I think it made sense, you know, to say, we don't like these people, or yeah. these, these people are God's people, or, you know, these sort of mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, I think if you wrote a... If, if someone wrote a Bible now, who <laughs> someone, someone, someone who was a Christian claimed they were divinely inspired... To write the new the new New Testaments, uh, or or whatever I guess that would mean there needs to be a new Messiah. Um, oh yeah, I guess uh, so. Or whatever happens, I I think it'd be different. I think you you I mean I I think it'd be hard pressed to. Uh, I, I guess I'm saying I wouldn't expect that Bible to include uh, you know prejudices and biases right and, and, and bigotry. Yeah, uh, that is not. That is that is beyond the level of our current society. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think it'd be on par. You know. Yeah. Yeah. At worst, so so I think that says a lot. Um, you know, and I, I just and just in a general sense, how how can you expect, uh, you know, two thousand year old documents to to guide 
a uh, a species or whatever, ideally uh, for eternity. Forever, for, yeah. For yeah. for who knows when. Dot dot dot. Yeah, a a very oh. a very nice point I've heard made along those lines. This is not me, but I'm gonna say it. Uh, that you know the Isaac Newton his uh, Principia Mathematica, you know the most famous you know thing he ever wrote, um, where he sort of laid out his physics in detail, um, which could reasonably be, be described as one of the most astounding examples of human intelligence ever. Um, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> wow, you don't get to say that every day. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a bold statement, but I, I mean it. I mean, uh, uh, he had very little to work with and came up with a lot. Uh, and, uh, so anyway, you could, you could very reasonably say that it's, it's, I've heard it said and, and it's, it's not outrageous. Mm -hmm. Um, on the other hand, based on what we know now, uh, you know, a pretty average educated person who knows something about physics could easily say, uh, a ton of things that he was wrong about, Mm -hmm. you know, just (laughs) no problem at all. Yeah. Um, and and you're talking about the 1600s. It's not even that long ago, uh, and and so I think that just that just illustrates, you know, how how right should we really expect, um, mm-hmm. you know, something that much older and produced by I dare say intelligences less than Isaac <laughs> Newton um, to to have actually pulled off. Yeah, you know, I mean, it would it would be amazing if if somehow it it held up better. You know. So anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. That's um that's one of the that's that's one of the nice things about um uh about science, you know, we can sort of appreciate people who, who achieve things like that and definitely made advances. I mean, what he did definitely paved the way for what happened later. Mm-hmm. Um but also we can say they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can sit and say they didn't know everything. They didn't have all the evidence at hand. Some of their calculations are even incorrect. You know, the the math wasn't really developed as well back then. You know, so I I think I think that's that's something that's kind of missing um, uh, in in the religious world. You can't you can't really get anyone to. I, I think you'd be hard pressed, even with moderate religious people, to get them to sit down and tell you a big long list of what Jesus was wrong about. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I think that's uh, I, I that that that's one of that's one of the one of the things that that bothers me somewhat. Yeah. You know, it's sort of just immutable. It it it's it's always there. Well, but the Jesus Jesus, I don't know. He he didn't necessarily do a lot of bad stuff. I think you could definitely get people to say other crap <laughs> that they were wrong about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a ton of other stuff. Um, yeah. But I mean, he did, you know, he did make certain claims about the world, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I, and uh, uh, I. Oh, you, know, you mean in terms of? Uh, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I mean, yeah, the moral teachings. I, I suppose they're, you know, I mean that that story you mentioned um, from the Old Testament. Uh, you know, there, there's more examples like that. It it's. It's pretty crazy, uh, some of that stuff, and uh, you know what what exactly we're supposed to glean from that. I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but 
yeah, the, the New Testament was written later, and so it has, you know, it has a different view about uh, morality and, and stuff like that, and it's more palatable, as it should be, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's still lacking in certain ways. I mean, there's there's still problems there. Have you looked at the Jefferson Bible? I have not. I'm I know about it, but I haven't actually looked at it. Yeah, I was interested in looking at that. Yeah, uh I my my understanding is that it's it's basically the Bible without without anything supernatural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, basically without all the miracles and without all the saying without the son of God stuff. Yeah. Um basically just the just like the morality. Yeah. Morality, yeah. Stuff, I guess that's philosophy. what that's what Thomas Jefferson thought was salvageable. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess he 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 thought there was something there, and, but he didn't he you know, he was very very much an enlightenment person and I think he just wasn't comfortable with the uh with the the supernatural side of things. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing, though, the existence of that thing. I mean, that's one of those things that really blows me away, um, that that a president actually did that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those guys, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. It, it seems, you know, and maybe just because I don't know. The, 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 those guys, the founding fathers, the, those guys. I mean, it was a weird time. They did some pretty extraordinary things. I think they had the, you know. Someone sort of had to uh, in, in those situations, but those guys were particularly interesting, and and it's it, it, I just don't um, yeah, it's just weird. It's just weird. They were all like just crazy. Yeah, yeah, they, they were definitely were crazy. And you know, I mean, there there's certainly things that you can criticize about them, but. Yeah, they they had a very they're definitely different... of their they're definitely of their time, you know. No yeah. one can escape his time, I guess. But absolutely, yeah, they weren't uh, perfect, and yet they were, you know, they they were surprisingly um, in terms of thinking. Yeah, surprisingly forward thinking. I I mean, it was good. I think you know the reason why the Constitution and uh, you know the the founding documents have held up so well is that they you know they <laughs> they knew what they were doing. You know, they did Could a good you imagine job. If they didn't if they just like came up with these systems and rules that are just horrible and like like it, it would work for a little while and then like twenty yeah. years later just like what the fuck? Yeah. Why is why does every every, you know, state that starts with an A get three senators and every state that starts with an S get two mm-hmm. and <laughs> Yeah. You know, yeah, definitely think we lucked out on that. Uh, it, it could have been a lot worse. But it definitely seems like politics back then had a very different character than it does now. Well, you know, that's, yeah, that's that's so true. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even say anything to that. Yeah, but, I guess I'm um, not, that's not really a bold statement at all. <laughs> but uh, but I think it's a, it's, it's a valuable statement because, uh, because of the, the crisis that we're in right now, I mean, we're our politics needs to be reformed. I mean, to me, what's crazy um, is, you know, the mess that we're in financially, 
uh, was basically caused by, you know, you know, willful neglect and greed um, by a very small number of people. Um, and, you know, people product of a certain culture and attitude and lifestyle. And I think, you know, we won't be able to really solve our problems unless we solve that idea of the, the ideology behind the people who run, run Wall Street and run these companies. And um, if, if, if all those people ever care about is how much money they can make, they're not going to be serving uh, the country as a whole, um, at large. I mean, just this is not possible, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so one of the things the Obama administration is trying to do, uh, which I think is 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 huge, which is just it it it, it could change so much, is actually trying to reform that culture. Is is trying to, uh, I mean, I mean these are people you know who who found loopholes and found ways to make money out of nothing and to sort of gamble, uh, take these huge, huge, huge risks uh, and and sort of, you know, collapse, you know, our economy and stuff and uh, and sort of, you know, not really care. And, and that, and, and a lot of the people who were involved in terms of AIG, you know, there's this whole thing, I'm sure you've heard about with their bonuses and stuff. And it's like, hey, you know, you guys, your company, you know, have you heard about AIG? Uh, like, I, God, I was listening to this thing about they were talking about AIG and and uh, and how the company, you know, it's just basically the the biggest, you know, the biggest financial institution ever to be on the planet, and it's just it's in so many countries and part of so many banks and so many so many. It's just it, they painted this picture of it as it literally is just like this this tentacled monster mm-hmm. with its with its with its tentacles and like everything mm-hmm. and and in this thing this beast that has just, that that just grew and and I'm sure there's just people who were at the top who just had no idea what parts of the company were doing. Um, they couldn't. They were just doing too much, you know. So um, I think you know. I, I think I think the problem, I think our biggest problems in this country will, won't be solved until people, you know, have different a different mentality and how they approach things. I think if, uh, you know, if if the people and here's the thing in terms of politics and in terms of business, the people who rise to the top in those things are ambitious people, and ambitious people usually want power. And you can go on Wall Street and make a lot of money to get power, or you can go into politics and go to Washington and get power, and then of course you can get money too. Um, so I, I think that I think there's where your problem is: is that the people who are not only running our economy, but the people who are who are supposed to be legislating these people, and the people who are you know same people who are running our government, are sort of you know a lot of them are sort of just more, you know, egocentric and self-centered and looking for power. And, and, and it's not about, you know, what they're doing in terms of the country. It's about how much money are they making, uh, how are they turning a profit, how much more can they, can they siphon out of this thing. You know what I mean? And if that's what's driving the economy, which is that's what has been driving the economy, um, it's just not going to go anywhere productive, um, as, we, as we've seen. So you gotta, you got to... Uh, figure out, I don't know, you got to figure out how to have people fucking have common sense and decency. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, I think. Mm-hmm.
it, it, it is saying, you know, oh man, the whole the whole this whole situation is just ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, can, uh, um, so what are you what are you proposing as a solution? I don't really. I mean, I don't really have the answer. I, I think. I think you have to. I mean, in in terms of the short short term, or you mean in terms of long term, like how? Well, you know, I mean, I guess I guess I mean short term, but um, if you have a long term solution, I wouldn't mind hearing I mean, that either. Well, I think short term, um, you know, oversight and regulation. Uh, you know, I think you know, in, in general, you incentivize people to do good things. Uh, and you just have to, you know, the companies definitely did that. Uh, they incentivized them with money, but the good thing they thought was to make more money, right. and um, and not to, you know, do simple things like have a responsible business. Um, and uh, so I think that that that's the short term solution is to, you know, get the people out of there who are the fuck ups, um, and and make sure that, you know, transparency is huge. And if the Obama administration gets this thing going. It's going to totally radically change how politics works. Um, I mean, there's 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 shit that that Congress deals with on a daily basis that the American public has no no knowledge of, you know, um, and has no ability to uh, interact with or comment on or you know what I mean. Um, and I, and I think that's bad. I think that's definitely bad because you know the, the one of the problems with the way our system is set up is. You know, I mean, it's set up like this on purpose, but, you know, we've got these representatives who are supposed to make the decisions for us uh, with our interests in mind, but that, that doesn't always happen. And a lot of times it doesn't happen because these decisions are made behind closed doors and the information is, is uh, limited and they don't necessarily have to own up to the decisions that they make. And so the more that you can say, the more a senator uh, feels threatened about what he's going to vote, if he knows that he, if he, that he campaigned on more clean energy and he's about to say to turn down a bill that was going to do that if he knows that the next day his constituents are going to know about it and pressure him on it and it's going to be a consequence for it that's going to totally change how he votes versus him believing or knowing um i can make this vote in two years you know it might come up in my re-election or something you know that i voted this thing on something people have forgotten about mm-hmm. um so I think that's it. that's going to be a huge, huge thing is transparency, and and that along with 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 proper oversight and regulation, and, and people saying, hey, you know, what can you do, what can't you do, you know, not letting a company like AIG uh, get as big as it as it did, um, you know, it, it is definitely the short term solutions. And of course, I'm reiterating a lot of what Obama plans to do, um, and I agree with those. Uh, Long term. Um, I think it's the kind of thing where you, you, you cultivate out those ideas. Um, I think a lot of the people who I'm, you know, that you could be angry at right now uh, are, are products of, of 20th century thinking uh, and 19th century thinking. Um, you know what I mean? Um, I, I, I think times change, and I think the people who will be running Wall Street in 20 years and, and, and sort of influence and running our economy in 20 years will, will, will hopefully, you know, will think differently and will have different goals and motivations. Um, because, you know, the people who are there now are, are, are you know, 
what they know about business and capitalism and commerce and economy and all these things are, are sort of products of what came before and, uh, and, and doing business that way. And I think, uh, you know, that, that is going to kind of change now that, you know, honestly, dude, it, I think it's kind of interesting to, to picture this whole sort of global financial collapse in the, in the context of, um, you know, of our, now we have the ability to sort of, to, to a certain extent, redesign the economy, redesign, uh, you know, how, you do, how we do business. And I think the fact that, we, that you know, we and, say, the world, you know, we the world sort of grew into a global economy, um, I, I, think, uh, I think part of that is, you know, it had its problems because, you know, uh, it sort of just sort of happened organically versus being sort of designed, you know what I mean? And so now I think there's areas where you can go back and say, well, this, this sort of thing that happened as a natural progression doesn't quite work. And now that we're in this, you know, mess, we can sort of redesign how we do X, Y, Z. You know, so I think that'll, I think we'll see some benefits in that way too. Okay. All right. Um, but you're not, you're not advocating anything, any kind of radical shifts in um, – the way the economy works. You're really just saying... Honestly, I, I would love to find... I mean, here's, here's my thing. I hate, I hate the way our economy works. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's... I don't know. I mean, I'm not an economist. I, don't, I couldn't propose any better systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me either. But, but here, here, here's what I do know. I do think something's really fishy about the Federal Reserve. I don't like the fact it's a private uh, organization uh, that basically can decide... Uh, how much money to print and when uh, it can just, dis- I mean, it, it, it is the chain that links the economy. And I think that being in control of, of a private group doesn't make no sense to me. That makes no sense to me. Um, and so that, I think that's a huge problem with our economy. Number two, I think is a huge problem in how our economy is structured is that everything, and we, and, we, and we saw this more clearly than ever, is everything in our economy is based on two things, trust, I'm sorry, fear and confidence, or confidence or trust, whatever. But, like, you know, when people have confidence, they, banks lend money, people, people uh, you know, businesses get, uh, get loans, jobs get created, people get jobs, people buy houses, people buy cars, the economy is working, everything is great. Mm-hmm. When people are scared, nobody spends, the economy comes to a halt. I think it's a huge problem, in my opinion, to base your economy on human emotions. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if there's any other way, <laughs> but to me it makes no sense that the only reason we're in a mess right now is because people won't spend money. That is the only reason. It's not like, oh, we're out of money. I mean, obviously we're in a deficit, but it's not like, you know, the money people could spend just doesn't exist. You know, yeah. the money is there. People have it in their accounts and in their beds and, you know. But but you get my point is that if, if tomorrow banks banks said we're going to start lending and we're going to give loans and we're going to lower interest rates and shit and people are going to give money and the economy would be going right then. So that's yeah. the problem to me is that a small group of people can affect, you know, can create a chain of events that affects the confidence of the nation and bring the economy to a halt. That to me is a problem. That to me is something that needs to be redesigned. Um, it, it's like a machine. It's like, why would you design a car 
that has uh, a faulty fuse in it, uh, that if that if the fuse decides to go out, the whole car stops working. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, just because the fuse, you know, uh, just because of how the, you know the how you design the fuse or whatever. Like, okay, let's redesign this car so that doesn't happen. That's a need to me. That's a needless catastrophe. Um, so right. I, I feel like that. I feel like yeah. I, I I would take radical actions to change the economy. I don't know what the actions would be. But okay. I do know the the sort of things that I think are wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I do think all those things are, you know, I, you know, what I see in terms of redesigning the economy makes sense in terms of, you know, uh, our our society changing and you know having a 21st century society and all that. I think the systems that we've had before, you know, that we're still using, you know, made sense for when they were created, uh, and and sort of worked. Uh, they work. I guess it works more often than not. But um, but when it doesn't work, man, <laughs> it's not good. Um, yeah. But that that's that's one of my big things. Is I I just I just hate the fact that it's it's all based on it's just based on confidence. It's based on whether or not someone feels like they're safe with their money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know that. Uh... I don't know that there's much you can do about that, though, because it's not the emotion itself, but the consequences of the emotion that actually creates the problem. You know, like the fact that people feel a certain way causes them to do certain things, and the things they do is what creates the problem. Yeah, that's the thing. If, if, but here's my point. Yeah, exactly. But so, same situation. If, if the, if banks tomorrow, said, okay, we don't think we have enough capital to really be, like, lending money out to people, which is the reason that they're not lending money out. Um, we don't think we have enough capital. Oh, and by the way, you know, there's, uh, you know, as they said in Bill Maher's last show, I think someone was mentioning there's, you know, tons of smaller banks and community banks and credit unions that are, like, doing just fine. Mm-hmm. It was really just the big banks that are, that are the fuck-ups that had the horrible management and executives. I see. That are in these problems. Uh, so there are other systems and other, like, things that, that like, are, you know, that are part of the same thing but didn't, like, go down. But um, but that's the thing. If, if Bank of Tomorrow said, hey, for 90 days we're going to lend money to people, we're going to be lending money out, right? Yeah. The banks, I mean, the way the system works, the banks will get their money back. I mean, that's the whole that's the whole thing is, is – once the system is going, everyone is sort of generally happy. You know, yeah. people are getting their money. People get money to buy their stuff and their right. jobs so they can pay the – It know, all the, It, it all kind of works. Someone yeah. has to go first and, and get the ball rolling, and the government is trying to be the one to do that. Yeah. Uh, dude, did you hear what Obama said on Leno the other night? Uh, oh, by the way, did you see him on Leno the other night? <laughs> he was on Leno? Yeah, I heard about that. I haven't seen it. All I heard about was the – Controversial comment he made. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't hear about any of the actual statement. I. You know what? I gotta say, he almost he almost had a perfect uh, interview, and I give him I give him ninety six percent. I think the the the, the gaff with the Special Olympics comment. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> first of all, I don't think it's a big deal. I think it, it just in, in, the, in the in the national mindset, it shouldn't be a big deal, right? I agree. Specifically with the comment, um, 
I it, it's so weird. I mean, I think as a president, and he know he knows better, and he knew better, and that's why he apologized. It was off the cuff. I, I don't. It was definitely off the cuff. I don't think he I, was thinking. He was just reacting. And, and I, I feel like, and then see, that's the thing. I feel like that should be fine. I feel like, why do we live in a culture where you know you can't make a comment, which is which is somewhat reasonable. I mean, obviously, there's people. I mean, I don't I don't know if the Special Olympics has bowling. But if they did, I'm sure there's people who could kick his ass. I think in they bowling. do. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure they could. You know, they could kick his ass in bowling. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's the thing. I don't know. Was, I definitely think if he, I mean, if he, you know, I, I, it's okay for him to apologize about it. But I definitely think it, it sort of gets. It, it does seem like we're we're in a situation right now where there's, you know, there's this kind of. Um, there's this overall sense that you could just say the wrong thing at any moment and you better watch out, you know, that you don't say mm-hmm. that thing that gets replayed over and over again and that well, everybody that's the problem. That's sort of the obsesses problem about. It's the media. People are only obsessed about what the media tells them to obsess about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and... it's true. I mean, in that case, you know, it was the Tonight Show and it was the president, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think he really needed <laughs> the media's help for people to know about it, but... Um, and no, a lot no, 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 but seriously, it, it's more than just people seeing it that makes it a deal. It's what the commentators say no, about I know. it. Yeah, I know. It, it, in a lot of cases, though, I mean, that one, I, obviously the media plays a role in that uh, and a big role, but, but in a lot of cases, it's pretty obscure people saying things that gets, uh, you know, national attention. Uh, and that's like oh, yeah. all the media is doing. You know, they, they decide that people want to hear that. And, oh, totally. Uh, and then it becomes a national scandal, and it, it's weird. I guess you know they would say we do it because because this people is what people want to hear about. People have the right to hear, you know know the news and blah blah blah. And, yeah. And then on the other hand, people will hear what they what they put out there, and and they know, totally choose the stories. I mean, I remember you know I was watching a lot of CNN when I was like at working out at, at, at you know during work at the gym and. And, uh, you know, I remember one time there was, uh, you know, the the guy, Rick Sanchez, the, the anchor, he was talking about the story that a lot of other networks ran with the day before. But, the uh, but you know, in his opinion, in their newsroom's opinion, the facts weren't really straight and, and mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really good reporting, and so they didn't run with the story. So, you know, so if you watch CNN that day, they didn't have that story. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the thing. They, the news gets to decide what people find out and, and yeah. what kind of opinion they should have about it. Um, and that's what, and that, you know, obviously that's the power of the media. Um, yeah, And that's the thing. It if, is. If, if, if it was just on The Tonight Show and, and people saw it, People could have made a big deal about it, but if no one was saying what, if everybody said in the media, if everyone in the media said, oh, it's not a big deal, then it wouldn't have been an issue for as long as it was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but definitely. But it, it, it became, and then, of course, and I think what's even worse is when they bring up news stories and, and they, they, they don't want to, they don't want to say how you should feel about it. They want you to be sort of ambivalent about how to feel about it. You know, it's like, how should we take this? And, you know, I watched this, um, I think it was, I think it was MSNBC or something about, um, 
Um, it was a news story about like uh, high school students who take steroids, and and how it was like a huge number last year or something, and and how some of them don't even know what they're taking as steroids because part of the story was there's these these drugs on the market that are legal but they're tech, but they're basically like you know these companies will just take a steroid molecule and just change a couple things. And, and then sell it, and it's uh, not exactly the same thing. So it passes, but it's really the same thing. Um, nice. But at the end of the, at the end, you know, the the whole interview, the whole report, the report was was okay. And then at the end, you know, it's the reporter with the host, and they're kind of talking, and the host was asking questions, and the reporter was just kind of, you know, and and the the, the host was just like, you know, well, how dangerous are these things, you know, these things, and. And, and and you know that's the question we're how 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 upset should we be how much fear should we have you know and the lady was just like you know well we don't know we we just don't know these these, these things don't go tested well we don't know we don't know and, and it's just it, it was like the conclusion of this story was here's this bad thing that happens uh, could you be buying toxic you know uh, uh, dieting products uh, you know maybe are they really bad for you we don't know. <laughs> Aren't you glad you watched our story? Write you know? that down, everyone. <laughs> it was so weird. Like they couldn't even, you know, she couldn't even come down on a side, you know, mm-hmm. to say, you know, uh, yes, these are very dangerous, blah 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 blah, or whatever. It was just, it was. We don't really know. We're just telling you what we know, and that's it. Yeah. Um. That's why I. You know, um, journalism is very strange, I think. I think there's a lot of, there's this thing about journalism, and I think that, you know, there's it's a noble thing in a lot of ways, and I think a lot of people get into it, uh, you know, the sort of, you know, seeking the truth and, yeah. and telling the world and, and sort of, you know, things like that and, mm-hmm. and telling stories and, and sharing information and all that, but, uh, but there's a lot of weirdness to it in terms of, you know, you read a newspaper article and you know you can tell what the format is and and it just it just has this this thing where it's just boring, you know. Right. But um, in terms of uh, the economy, uh, yikes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have to say, I can't. I, I feel silly even trying to comment on it because I really, uh, I really have no idea. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess if I were a good citizen, I would learn more or something. Um, that well, that's what Thomas Jefferson would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's certainly possible for me to sit down and. I, I just I've never liked economics as a subject. I've I've mm-hmm. taken a class in it, and I really I wanted that to be it. I really don't want to know that much about it. And I I do think there's there's a bit of a there's a bit of a technical side to what actually happened. And you know I have I have been strangely just drawn into this whole fiasco, and I I do my best to uh, keep plugged in. And because to me, honestly, dude. To me, it's like a it's like a story. There's a story that's unfolding, and it's called the story of America. And and uh, <laughs> that sounds wow. funny, but but, a little. Uh, 
But but one of the plots of this story has to do with the economy, and there's there's just these things that happen, you know, and and so when you put it in that context, I think I, I'm trying to keep up with it because, um, you know, if you it's like any story, you know, if you miss a couple episodes, you know, it's harder to <laughs> get back into. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that's the thing. So when this whole scandal sort of started, you know, I was like paying attention. So I kind of was, you know, and then I've what helps me is listening to a lot of different people talking about the same thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's actually kind of simple, uh, what they did. You don't really need to know a lot of economics to know like what the problem was and like, you know, why the bubble burst and all that. It, it, it's, you know, you know me, I don't like economics either. Uh, you were there to witness that. I uh, don't Um, I mean, basically, my understanding is, and it, and I, and I'm, my understanding can be totally refined, but the the, the gist of it is, you know, um, uh, the investors were basically, uh, basically AIG, you know, has all these different parts to it, but one of it is, with, you know, the sort of like financial services part, which is the one that really was the one that crashed, was it. Um, they they basically came up with these these services to sell where investors could um, could basically bet on the fact that the like that certain things would happen in the market and one of the big things was was the market would go down so these people could basically say I think the market housing market is going to go down AIG is basically going to ensure that bet right um, and and so um, you know when so basically AIG sold all this and all this insurance you know and so when you combine that with the fact that the 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 mortgage companies and lenders were getting all these people into these subprime mortgage loans and basically allowing people to get into homes with like no money down and all these these things and basically people who really couldn't afford it were getting into the into all these homes so you've got all these you know, and these and these people are making profits, and they're selling debt back and forth between each other, and sort of making money out of nothing. And and you know, uh, I think they said you know the average bank lends like twelve dollars for every dollar that it has, and I think bigger banks lend like thirty five dollars for every dollar it has. And I think I think it was AIG that they said was like. I don't know. It was some huge number, like 200 or, you know, some some big number to where when you actually lose, when you have to pay that money back, you just don't have it. And there's no way you could have it. Um, so that was the problem was when the housing market collapsed, um, all these people, you know, who had all, who had all this stuff, um, you know, there was they they basically there was no money. The the mortgage companies couldn't get the money from the people who couldn't pay their mortgage, and, and and so the banks didn't get their money, and so it just the whole thing collapsed with all these sort of things going on. But but it basically just came down to uh, smart people figuring out how to how to work the system, and uh, you know. Yeah, I so I've heard there was actually some kind of economic model or something that explained or set up a circumstance where what they were doing was okay. 
Oh, that's um, the thing. I mean, I think Obama even said that on the Tonight Show was that the problem is what these guys did were was technically legal. Yeah, like there wasn't there wasn't any. Uh, it, it's a moral issue. It's not a legal issue. Yeah, it's it's a moral issue. Should you gamble your the 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 worth of your company against this huge risk? And and if you you know morally you shouldn't. Um, because you're only doing it for like greed. It's not like you know. There's no other reason for it, right? Uh, these you know making these huge profits and and everyone's like, hey, everything's great. And, oh crap! Wait a minute. Yeah. Um. So one of the bad things about economics, particularly macroeconomics, is that it's it's kind of a weird science because there there's there's really no way to do experiments. Mm-hmm. You know, you you're you're just stuck with what happens in mm-hmm. the world pretty much and you can analyze that and try to draw conclusions, but it's very unreliable because you can't control for things and uh mm-hmm. and you, don't know what, you never know what all the factors are. Yeah, it's subject to all the ra- you know randomness of just being out in nature, you know, and you you wouldn't want to try to uh, study something scientifically just by you know studying the you know um, <laughs> the, the the three times it occurred ever or something you know you, you, yeah. it'd be it'd be better if you could create it in the lab or something like that you know and, and actually be able to to figure out what's causing what to happen so I I think I, in that way it's it's on it's it's not on solid ground as far as what exactly is the is the correct um, model for economics and you know how how things should work to you know that w- will produce the the best outcome and I I really have no idea uh, about that like you know a question like is a stimulus a good idea like I I have no idea maybe maybe not I think um, <laughs> I think I think at the very uh, you know that's actually a big question I think you know from what I've gleamed uh no one knows whether it's going to work i think to me uh i don't see any other way to get the economy going i mean in terms of just the general idea of getting money flowing like there may be other ways to get money flowing Mm -hmm. but i think that's a very direct way to do it and um and to also set up uh, I mean, what Obama's doing, I mean, obviously the other big thing last week was people questioning, is, is he trying to do too much? Um, he's taking on the pretty much the biggest issues the country faces, uh, you know, the several, definitely the big, the big in the top ten, and, uh, and he's trying to sort of juggle them all at once. And, I, you know, I, I don't know how you... I don't see the point in, in, in faulting someone for that or questioning that when they're all related. Like, getting our health care on track is related to our economy. Getting education on track is related to our economy. All of our economy, education, and health care is all related to our stance in the world 50 years from now. You know, um, these are huge things that I don't, I don't see why you, you know, why put it on the back burner when it's going to directly affect, you know, all your other goals. Um, so that's what's interesting to me is he, he is trying to do a lot. I think in terms of, uh, the stimulus bill, I think, um, you know, a lot of the big things he's trying to do, there's money in there for that. I mean, there's a huge, there, I forgot how many billions are there for, 
you know, for infrastructure to get, like, projects started, which is going to get people working, which is going to help the economy. You know what I mean? It's not like – to me, it's not like, hey, let's just throw money at things. It's like, here's things we need to fix. Let's yeah. put money in those things because you get both benefits, you know? Um, so – Right. The, yeah. Uh, another thing that I I worry about, I don't know if I should or not because, I again, I, I'll, I just – I'll tell you if you should worry about it. I just don't really understand it fully is the, um, you know, the debt, the, the national debt, um, and the deficit as well, but, you know, they're, they're sort of related. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, even even when the economy was going well, mm-hmm. uh, that was going up. It's been yeah. going up for a long time. Is it possible that we can just ride well, that, make that debt, you know, continue to borrow money forever? Like, here's the thing. Here's is the that thing. really going to work? And you should watch Zeitgeist. I know I say that, but you should still watch it. Uh, that's the thing. They talk about that in Zeitgeist. They talk about the Federal Reserve and the idea that, you know, the money that the government has, the government does not create. It, it, the Federal Reserve creates it, which is independent. And the government basically borrows the money from the Federal Reserve, you know, uh, at an interest. So if you plot that, uh, you know, on a graph, you will see that you can never as a country be out of debt uh, mm-hmm. because the money that you're using isn't yours. Mm-hmm. Ergo, what the fuck? Um, mm-hmm. and, and what they talk about in Zeitgeist is the fact that that was, you know, that was one of the big reasons that the colonists revolted against England was because – they, the colonists were trying to print their own money, and England said, no, 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 no. You've got to get money from the Bank of England if you want mm-hmm. currency. Mm-hmm. And they were like, fuck that, because we, uh, we see that if we borrow the money from you, we're always in debt to you. No matter how much money we have, we always owe the bank more um, because, we're, you know, because we're getting the money from the bank uh, at interest. So um, – you know, to me that's weird. Is when you when you when you you see a problem, you have a revolution, and then you set up an economy just like it. I don't get that. To me, you know, it, it's again, it's it's you know, men wanting power and control and saying, hey, we can set up a system like this, and you know, and if you watch Zeitgeist and you believe what Zeitgeist says, you know, the Federal Reserve is is uh, responsible for the panic in the 1920s and the Great Depression in the 30s. Uh, by by honestly very simple means, <laughs> which is kind of scary. Uh, you know, as they as they as they pointed out, here's the keys to causing a, a depression. You, you want to know how to do a depression in ten steps or less? All right, lay it out. Okay, you, you're the guy who has all the money, right? All right, great. In terms of the money food chain, you're at the top. So Love here's it. what you do. You say, hey, I'm going to give out a lot of money. I'm going to lower the interest rates, and I'm going to give out a ton of money so that the people below me, which are the banks, give out a lot of money, and and the people below them, which are the businesses and the and the consumers, get a lot of money, and then they That's all nice spend and blah blah blah. And then you say, as the top of the food chain, you know what? We want our money back. We're going to call in our our chips here. Mm-hmm. And then the banks say, oh crap! Now we got to. We they're calling the chips. Then the bank has, and then you know, so then everyone has to go and sell all their stock and sell all their investments and sell everything. Uh, to to sort of pay this thing that trickles up, and and you basically get a depression when when all that happens. I mean, that basic you know the economy stops because people can't 
people aren't spending anymore, they're saving because then they're paying these debts back and they're, you know, that, are, that aren't going back towards the economy, you know. Um, so when you have, you know, when you, it's funny because the way they, they show it is that's, that's kind of what they did in the 20s was they, they did this thing of, of, of putting out more money and, and they didn't do it as drastically um, in the 20s as in the 30s, you know, which is why there was a difference. Um, but, um, but, but to me, it just, it, it sort of illustrates the, like the, you know, sort of this idea of sort of playing with the system and seeing what happens. And, and then of course you, you can cause a depression, uh, or you can create a tech bubble, you know, uh, or you can create a housing bubble. Uh, and yeah. so, you know, there's this thing with humans and, and, and seeing what they can do and create that, you know, is good and bad, but, um, so and I think that. Oh, sorry. No, I'm done. Uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, I had to look. Uh, mm-hmm. The Federal Reserve is quasi-public. Um, oh, that's good. Government entity with private components. There we go. Um, Board of Governors is appointed by the president, but it has twelve regional privately owned banks in major cities. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, it's sort of like a hybrid entity. Yeah, um, that's weird. I really didn't know that. Uh, uh, created in 1913, um, so uh, you know it, it wasn't around for quite some time. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, after the you know initial stages of well, the United States. What does it say? The the precursor was. Oh, let's see. Because I'm wondering what they were using. Um, ah, yes. Uh, yeah, the first institution was the First Bank of the United States, chartered in 1791. Uh, <laughs> and wasn't it, is it the same function pretty much? or? Yeah, it had responsibilities of a central bank, according to this. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was exactly the same, but somehow... Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of the same stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um, of course, it was a, you know, it was a different world back then, but, um, uh, but you know, whatever, whatever the the needs of a bank were back then, uh, uh, a central bank. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it issued money and did yeah. all the random stuff. Yeah, was. yeah, the key, the key things. Anyway, I was just gonna say that, you know. I, I uh, you know, the current situation and, and of course, the very often referred to Great Depression uh, are are definitely um, problems. But on the other hand, it's hard to argue that the United States economy has been enormously successful uh, in the 20th century um, under the Federal Reserve, uh, you know, uh, compared to other countries, I mean, um, uh, you know, by by a lot of measures. So, you know, what uh, what do you say about that? <laughs> you know, Wait, I, I think I missed the beginning of your point. You're saying the you said the economy hasn't done as well. No, ha, ha, the 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 United States economy. I uh, you know with. Obviously, there were there were there there have been problems, in particular uh-huh. the Great Depression and and what's happening right now. Um, but uh, the United States economy has been uh, 
incredibly successful uh, in the in the 20th century, you know, relative to other countries. Um, yeah. You know, there, there's an extent of, yeah. to which the economic success of the United States sort of made us what well, we are and now. I think, and I think a lot of that success did not come from Wall Street. That success came from innovation and, and, and creating things uh, and selling it. <laughs> um, uh, I think that's that that's what made us that's what made our economy good and that that's kind of the thing and that they say now is people don't we don't make anything anymore you know that's been our problem is we we just don't make a lot mm-hmm. uh, people aren't creating things here and they're making things here so our economy isn't that great and I mean when you look at the fact that you know the people who made money over the last 20 years were the top you know two percent uh, you know you see you, I think you see a clear indication of an economy that's not working when uh, the top one percent of you know people, uh, rich people in the country, uh, have more wealth than I think the bottom fifty, uh, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I don't you know I don't know what who wants you know what majority would want to live in a world like a situation like that. Um, but again, I think that that's not necessarily the system's fault. That's you know the people who are running the system and using the system's fault. Um, you know, because I mean, the idea that you know the, the 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 people on the top have all the money and are you know they're supposed to have the businesses that create all the jobs and the money's supposed to trickle down. But you know, if they decide not to do that, which they don't, which they haven't been doing, then you know, then that's the problem. Um, if they say, hey, instead of creating jobs with this money, why don't we just give it to ourselves? <laughs> you know, hey, we just made uh, $3 billion last year. Well, instead of expanding our company or whatever or investing in new technologies or research, we can just give ourselves some bonuses. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's do that. You know, that's when you have problems. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that happens. Um <laughs> in uh when when uh when when people have freedom to do things and it's uh under the under the umbrella of capitalism mm-hmm. uh i i don't know that you can really get rid of that if you're going to be you know i but here's the thing dude see capitalism is i don't think it's a you know it's not a perfect system it's not a horrible system but here's the thing in a truly capitalistic system a company like that, you take AIG, who's a clear example of a company like that, uh, a company like that in true capitalism would fail, and it would be gone. Yeah. You would have no more AIG, and the cancer would have killed itself. And it would have yeah. brought down other companies and, and businesses and banks and, and the economy along with it, but that would have been the price of capitalism. Yeah. But we have this hybrid thing, right? Uh, which, which, is, which I think makes it worse. Because you get all the bad stuff, and then we throw some more bad stuff on top. You know? <laughs> yeah, we can't uh, we can't seem to we can't seem to get the benefits. Yeah, uh, I mean, cause, I mean, the people who are responsible for bringing the the, the economy down are are, pe- are you know are not in jail. There have been no major consequences. Uh, a lot of them got to a lot of them got to keep all the money that they made. Yeah. Uh, to me, what's going to stop them from doing it again? I mean, and and let's not, you know, mention the fact that the people who are a lot of the people in charge of trying to get us out of this mess are the same people who were in charge that got us into it. So that's a problem. 
Um, but you know, if, if none of these people see consequences to their actions, then then how is it? How are we ever going to avoid situations like this? You know, that's that's my question. You know, um, it, Bill Maher said. Sorry, huh? go ahead. Said, Bill Maher said on his show uh, a couple weeks ago that uh, you know, if you want to change the culture on Wall Street, you should take one or two uh, of these investors who, who caused this, uh, you know, these executives who caused this uh, problem and, and hang them hang them on the, uh, <laughs> this, you know, the, the ticker at, at Wall Street. And and I think if you did that, you would see a dramatic difference, uh, difference in how the economy was run. And, and honestly, it's, I don't, I mean, if if the charge is bringing down the federal government or bringing down the bringing down a world economy or being a party to that, I think that's a crime punishable by death. I think uh, being directly responsible for millions of people being out of their homes and and work. Uh, I think if you're gonna, if, yeah, we kill people for lesser things. Is my point. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe maybe that shouldn't be punishable by death. Yeah, I, guess I agree. Uh, I agree. It's it's it's, it's not. Uh, you know, uh, assuming they did the things you're describing, it's not. Uh, it's not out of bounds from other things that people are killed for. I agree. Now, yeah. hanging him up in public, uh, you know, that would be uh, <laughs> that would be a, a more extreme hey. step. I think if, if extreme times call for extreme measures, right? I'm just saying <laughs> that's what they call it. That's what they call it a saying. I agree that that would have an impact. Um, I uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, Bill. I mean, he said that in the context of a joke. Right, I'm um, sure. But actually, the last episode, he brought it back up because uh, one of the senators who was outraged about the bonuses AIG, the whole issue, recent issue, uh, basically said that we should kill them or something. said something that was pretty on the same page, and it was like, you know, he was saying, you know, everyone said I, you know, said I went too far when I said this a couple weeks ago, and now we have a senator saying the same thing. Yeah. But I do, I do think, uh, I mean, although it's uh, a relatively small amount, I mean, I, how much can you attribute to any one person, you know? A lot. <laughs> I think, I right. think with, some of the, with some of the specific things that happened, I do think that there are a handful of people who could be linked to what happened and, and, and be found guilty uh, of of the chain of events now what what you know like i said i've heard that most of what they did was completely legal so what could you do i don't know yeah but in terms of painting responsibility oh yeah oh yeah i mean there were i mean there was i think i think there was a story i didn't read it but uh there was a story that it was a it was a chinese born mathematician who came up with this formula that they were using for these subprime mortgages yeah this was the thing that I was referring to, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some kind of some kind of model where uh, where it, it it would work out fine for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think the math made sense, uh, but uh, somehow it uh, <laughs> didn't work out. Yeah. For some reason. Other than the math, presumably. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that that's the uh, that's the technical part I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever whatever the content of that is, which which seems to have played a pretty big role in in all this. Yeah, definitely. And so, um, you know, I mean, the people who push for more, who push for less regulation, I think, are culpable. People who like um, were executives in these companies who were like, you know. Um, you know, taking risks that they would not normally take in, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, if what they're doing is, is legal, then, uh, you know, nothing's going to happen. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I guess I see the, the the way we have things set up, the government's role seems to be to kind of uh, shave off the, the peaks to, to keep keep things within a range. I mean, there mm-hmm. the interference of the government I think prevents the economy from soaring to a certain extent because they do kind of clog up the system with with um with various levels of involvement. Like I think that's true. On the other hand, you know, they also have the role of kind of preventing the dips from going too low and and from from getting in into some, you know, getting into a circumstance where, for example, yeah, we just let everything fail. We let the entire thing collapse and don't do anything Mm -hmm. about it. You Mm -hmm. know, that's, you know, they could do that. um, But, uh, you know, that, that, I think that's not the role the government has taken. um, Well, that's the thing. hundred years or so. Yeah. I think that's, what's interesting is even if the best course of action was to just let, let the banks fail. Um, I think in a very realistic sense, uh, politicians don't want to have nothing to do. Uh, I think they would feel worried about telling the American people, well, what we're going to do is nothing. Uh, We're just going to wait it out and let the banks fail. And I think, you know, they, they feel the need to justify their job and justify, you know, and, oh, we're working, we're doing something for the American people. I mean, yes, it would be weird if, they were literally doing nothing about it. Um, yeah, even if nothing was the thing to do. Yeah, it would it would be hard to to be convincing. Uh, but I mean, you know, there's the the argument's been revived about the great great depression, and uh, uh, at least one story about it says that uh, you know uh, the 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 only initially doing nothing was a disaster and created the great depression and the only thing that brought us out of it was government intervention i've heard the opposite i heard uh, i think yeah, it was well yeah, yeah i mean that that's that's where the debate comes in yeah that's uh, so weird <laughs> i think um i think uh i mean the thing about doing nothing is how long do you do nothing <laughs> How long do you do nothing before it gets better? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the, the problem. Uh, but, you know, I think it was, you know, Ron Paul, however trustworthy he is, who was uh, mentioning, you know, that's the reason the – was it 1822? I'm 18. 1922 or the whenever the panic was. What is it? I forget what year it was. But when it was the very, very mini depression – uh, that oh. I guess lasted like a year, mm-hmm. and and he basically said, you know, the reason that didn't turn into a recession or a depression was, I guess it was sort of a recession, was because the government didn't do anything. And he says in in the 30s when the government decided to do something, that's when we got the Great Depression. 
when the government decided to get involved and do a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, um, certainly it's the case. Uh, I don't think anyone argues that initially we didn't do anything about it. Uh, Herbert Hoover's position was, uh, let's just uh, pull up our bootstraps and work hard and we'll get through this, you know. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was pretty much uh, all he wanted to say about it. Um, and uh, the Great Depression ensued. Um, so I, I think that's, I think, I don't think too many people really think that the government intervened initially. Um Maybe Ron Paul does, but uh, uh, you know then. Well, well, no, he was saying he was saying them intervening made it last longer than it would have. Ah, okay, it, yeah, then people then definitely it say that. It, then, then if it just ran its course, people definitely say that. Um, yeah. That's true, uh, uh, but people also say the opposite thing: that if it weren't for the New Deal, uh, the economy never would have recovered. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's may, nothing yeah, like universal agreement about that. Yeah. So, um, uh, and so, right, you know, right now, that that debate comes up a lot. It's sort of like the one experiment that you can refer to, and unfortunately, it's not agreed what the result of the experiment was. So, uh, <laughs> so both sides can say the experiment proves that our way is the right way. Because mm-hmm. sort of both things happened and it got better <laughs> eventually. So yeah. so they they can sort of argue uh, e- either thing. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's it's in general it's it's sort of the the libertarian slash conservative side who wants to say let's let's not do anything. Let's just leave it alone. Uh, it'll take care of itself. And I guess it's more the sort of liberal side that's saying that we have to do something, and that's what worked in the past. I so think it's kind of interesting yeah. that um, you know lately it, uh, there, there seems to be a lot of on on the far ends politically there seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of desire for the government to not do this stuff. Uh, you know, they they seem to agree about that. That's kind of interesting. I gotta say, you know, if if I if you give me the option of spending money now to get out of a crisis, um, and having to pay it back later versus staying in the crisis for who knows how long, I'll I'll take the first option. Uh, I think you know it's a lot of money. Uh, I don't even know how it works when we're supposed to pay this bill. What does that even mean? that in 15 years or 20 years the bill will come due or whatever. I don't know what that means. Um, money, the way the government uses money, it seems almost like they could, they make it up. I mean, I think the Fed is, is printing about $2 trillion more trillion, right, as we speak, uh, so they can sort of make it up. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, the, I think we need the stimulus bill for the very simple reason that you have a lot of people out of work and banks aren't lending money. The $70 billion we gave the banks are sitting in their pockets uh, because the capital ratios were too low because their books were so bad. Uh, so, you know, we gave them the money so they would lend it out, and they haven't done that. And one of the pretty radical things Obama said on The Tonight Show, by the way, can I just say how crazy it was that he was on The Tonight Show? 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I never heard a definitive answer to this, but everyone was saying like no president has ever done that basically. Yeah. Uh, uh, no sitting I, president. No. Yeah. Current uh, president. Yeah. So to me that was huge, and he took the opportunity to lay out. I mean, he actually explains. You, you know, you should see it. He explains what happened with AIG pretty succinctly, uh, and and he 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 gives a sort of backstory about this whole thing uh, when he's talking about the the recent AIG bonuses. Um, but I was going to say, oh, but when you have, you know, when you have, uh, you know, banks not, oh, the, the, the crazy thing he said is that they're trying, they're going to start, uh, open, basically opening up another market system where they can lend out money to businesses and students, uh, that is outside the current banking system. <laughs> Because the banks aren't lending money, so they're like, "Well, fuck. I guess we'll have to do this ourselves." And so, so now they're going to set that up, which is a pretty huge deal, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, I think if I think if banks don't work, we we shouldn't have them. And I, I don't really think banks work. Um, I don't know about you, but my bank gives me nothing but headaches. <laughs> and so I mean, and honestly. Um, I feel like the relationship between bank and customer is is uh, I, I just never I, I don't know very many people who have ever been satisfied with that and um, well you know, there's, it's it's uh, I I have to say I I have no problem with my bank I'm I'm quite happy with it I have no complaints mm-hmm. at all, all right. I, the, what they do for me I I value yeah. What do you? But see, that's the thing. It depends on yeah. It depends on a lot of factors, obviously. Um, but um, but I, I mean, I, that, I, I it's it's you know I I don't do that much, so I'm, I would mm-hmm. probably complain more. I know that um uh you know I I I I know a lot of people uh, besides you that complain a lot about their bank and how mm-hmm. they operate and so on and and I agree and sympathize with their concern. It just it just so happens that uh I, I don't have these problems. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm probably just lucky. Um I but, think, but really um, I'd be hard pressed to live without the bank. I mean I, I rely on it uh pretty much totally. Mhm. Um What was he going to say? Uh, something about banks. Not liking banks. Banks, banks, banks. I don't remember. Oh, no. Sorry. But, um... Oh, but, um... So, anyway, he said he's, they're trying to set up this system where money can be flowing in a couple areas, uh, which is valuable. Um... um my thing, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say about banks is, you know, so much of, you know, like I said before, so much of our economy is based on confidence and trust. And I, who's, I forgot who mentioned this idea, and I think it's a great idea, is the idea of 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 opening up new banks. Um, who's going to trust Citibank or Bank of America after this these fiascos? Who's going to, you know what I mean? Like if you if you realize people put their money in banks when they trust the bank or they want to trust, you know, like 
wouldn't you rather have a sort of new bank that is not going to be tied to all this crap um, of this, you know, of the circumstance that we're in? I know I would. Um, it would make me feel more confident to know that the people who um, were, you know, involved in this mess are not the people who are running my bank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, and um, and I think you could have taken that, the billions of dollars in bailout money, uh, aside from AIG, because AIG is a different thing. Uh, I, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, and I, I'm, I'm convinced it was too big to fail. But uh, but in terms of Bank of America and Citigroup, uh, you could have taken the money that was given to them, created, I don't know, Bank of Obama or something, uh, and... Uh, and have a new bank that people can come to and you can have a, a totally new approach to banking. You know what I mean? Uh, a totally new approach to uh, what the consumer's idea of the banks are uh, and their bank is, you know what I mean? And I think that would be valuable considering, you know, the mess that we're in and how people hate these banks. Um, so it's interesting that Obama's sort of doing something like that. Um, but in terms of the spending bill, I think it's important when you have people who are losing their homes and who are losing their jobs and uh, to get the economy going and to uh, get, you know, more, most importantly, getting jobs created. And that's what the money is basically doing. A lot of it is creating jobs in different areas. And I don't know, I mean, how could you not do that? I mean, that, are, that to me is a wise course of action uh, is to make sure, I mean, even, you know, any job that's created from this money is a benefit. I don't know why, why would you say, okay, $750 billion, we'd rather save that and then, and then you know, sort of, so we don't have to pay back 20 years from now, uh, but the jobs that that money could create in the next 20 years is irrelevant. You know, like, to me, that doesn't make sense. Um, we all live in the present. We've got to make sure the present is, is, uh, is worthwhile and, and as we build to the future, I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh uh I mean I think the I think the idea would be that it's sort of not uh it's not a job that arises from uh you know that that arises from a from a healthy economy and so it sort of doesn't it doesn't really do the job that you want a job to do, you know. What do you mean economy. rebuilding rebuilding our infrastructure is not good for the economy? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, that, that is, but sort of the, the, the job itself, where it's really just a public expenditure, you know, not, not really, not really a, a sort of reflection of the employment market. What do you mean? I mean, it's just, it, it's just the, you know, the government paying to, to, to have certain things done, but it doesn't. You know the, the fact that you create uh, jobs like this doesn't really doesn't really reflect the economy or the or the employment market. Why doesn't it? Well, because because it's sort of uh, it's it sort of um, uh, you know it's 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 generated. It's it's not it's not a part of the. It's not internal to the. Um, uh, to the economy, it's just the government coming in 
And, but it becomes, but it becomes part of the economy. I mean, any job will become part of the economy. I mean, it, it's. I, I mean, that's one less person who's not on unemployment, which totally impacts the economic health of the country. So I yeah, don't, I don't see. I don't see. But, how but it's separate. I, I guess the the sense is you're sort of instead of paying them unemployment, you're paying them to do this. You know? Yeah, which is which is which is a job. Yeah, which actually, which, which, which actually, but does it's sort of not a job that reflects the economy. You know, it's a job you're just giving them. It's sort of like instead of unemployment, we'll just have you do some work. You know. Well, it's uh, it's like that to a certain degree, but not when the work is research and technology and rebuilding infrastructure and things that actually you know sort of lead to everything else. It's not like you know, it's not like menial work. You know, if you spend, you know, a couple billion dollars rebuilding roads and freeways and, and creating a high-speed rail system, that's going to directly impact your economy. People can move around goods yeah. and services faster. Bridges won't collapse. You won't have medical expenses. It's a, I mean, and I see what you're saying. It's, it's, a, it's a, you know, the job that was created, but, but every job is like that. I mean, if a company, I mean, if a company starts up and creates a job, I mean, they're mm-hmm. – they're, you know, they're paying someone to fulfill a function. Um, I mean, the difference is, of course, that, you know, the government can pay someone when they're not doing a job, and that's called unemployment. Right. Um, but the whole point is to have people working in jobs, though, um, because here, because that's the thing. If the government creates 50,000 jobs, you know, that's 50,000 more people they can help on unemployment than they couldn't before. Yeah. You know, uh, so you know, it, it definitely has benefits um, in the short and long term. So right. But can the government sort of single-handedly be the employer that you know drives the economy? Well, that's the thing. It's it's all about handing it off. I mean, everything the government does when it has to step in is is getting it going, fixing it up, and handing it off. I mean, a lot of those, a lot of the jobs that are created. Uh, you know, we'll, a lot of them, I think, will be in the, you know, private sectors. Uh, you know, they're going to have to have companies do a lot of these things. Um, so that's the thing. As long once you once you get things going, I mean, it's no it's no longer you know the person who is going to be, you know, working. I mean, here's the thing. In terms of infrastructure, the people working on the freeways, that's that's that that's going to come from the state. Mm-hmm. You know, those construction guys, their job is no different than anything else. You know, um, than if the state, if it was a state initiated project. I mean, it is a state project. Uh, the money's just come from the government. So I mean, that's that's effectively the same. You know, it's not like okay, you're only here because you know the government is. I mean, your job is the same. You're employed by the state. You're a construction worker or the the city or whatever. Um, so I mean, it's effectively the same thing. Yeah. It's just it's just who's paying for it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, I guess, and I think I think uh, the big thing is green technology. The great big thing is is investing in things that are going to get our economy going in terms of that. And you know, Obama thinks he can create you know some crazy amount of jobs. I think like five million or something. Um, that's not it's that's not insignificant, you know, um, <laughs> at all. So I think uh, if the government can do that by promoting. Uh, by promoting certain policies and uh, and things like that, then it's it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Okay. 
I mean, yeah, I think that's I think that's huge. I mean, if you if you're going to have people working, why not have them working to you know get get real stuff done that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think uh, yeah, we're the only country you know modernized country in the world without a high speed rail system. Great. Mm-hmm. Who knew that? <laughs> why? Why is America so antiquated? Like, they, you know, I've heard people say, you know, you, you, you look at America and then you look at um, Europe or Japan yeah. and it looks like we're in the Stone Age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because well, the people who run our country don't, aren't, you know, things aren't valued the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at our economy. Oh, yeah, it looks great. You look at our poverty levels and our education levels and our, and our stance in science and math and all these things that should be the most important focus. Uh, those are the things low on the list. You know, those are the things that uh, that haven't been made a priority, and that's the problem. Yeah. You know, when you have a 50%, you know, uh, graduation rate for high school, that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's, Is it really know, that bad? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's that bad. Um, bad. You have, you know, classrooms with 40 and 50 kids in them. Uh, what's the quality of learning in that classroom? Uh, what's the quality of education that the teacher's able to provide? Yeah, you know, I, I guess um, I don't think that's inherently bad, but uh, it's uh, it's definitely uh, forty forty kids in the classroom. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if you're I think if you're a good teacher, you can you can make that no, work. No, no teacher, no, no. I mean, I think and a teacher I, can teach like two hundred. You know, at, no, at well, okay. You can. I think you can teach two hundred adults at a time. <laughs> you cannot teach two hundred first graders at a time. You cannot teach two hundred fifth graders at a time. Yeah, I'm sorry, you can't. I guess I was there's thinking no way high you can school. Keep those kids, yeah, there's no way you can keep those kids motivated and on task. I wasn't really thinking. And, and have to have to attend to all their needs and wants and all the little things. Not you know, on top of their home lives, on top of their own biology and sociology on top of all the stuff that's going on you trying to like 40 kids in a room i mean there there's it you know one day maybe a class period okay mm-hmm. <laughs> for your entire teaching career no way you're going to burn out mm-hmm. and those kids aren't going to get the the kind of learning that they need i mean you're just not the more you know if you're giving lectures and stuff like that that's one thing but um you know if you have to think, if there's things that need individual attention, how are the kids going to get that? Yeah, well, you know, how, you yeah, know. they they won't get as much, definitely. Yeah, they yeah. won't. So the quality of education suffers, That's, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I mean, there's, there's, Dude, even high school kids, come on, you knew us in high school. I mean, we had a class, I mean, if we had a class of 15, the teacher had to constantly stop teaching, you know, every teacher. No teacher was immune to that, you know. And then it was like 15, 20 kids or whatever. Um, And we were relatively well-behaved, I think, you know, because we didn't want to get in trouble. But, you know, so if you have 40 or 50 who, uh, you know, don't particularly want to be there, you know, Mm-hmm. And different le- various levels, and you know you're gonna have a hard time. No matter I definitely how think that's a problem. You are. I mean, I I don't really know what to do about it, but yeah, there's what? definitely just general apathy about education on on the part of kids. Yeah, you know, I mean well, that that's something that 
you can you can give you know six students in a room with a teacher, and if the kids don't care, it's 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 not gonna matter. The kid, yeah, I mean that 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 problem has a lot of facets, and I think you know uh, part of it is a lot of education isn't taught in a fun and interesting way. <laughs> Uh, a lot of it is geared towards memorization for tests, uh, which does nothing for students in the long run. Uh, a lot of it just the sort of standards by which we judge education just aren't that great, and I think that's part of the problem. And another part of the problem is how much education is valued in the child's home life. If the child is at school and is being told all day education is important, and then they get home and they're trying to work on their homework and their parents say, what are you doing? You need to go do the chores. What are you doing? Let's go watch the sports game. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Let's go do something else. That doesn't matter. I mean, that's huge, you know. Yeah. Uh, so factors like that are the kind of things that you combat when a kid is apathetic at school. And, and I think, you know, it's hard to be to have to go through so much at school and to have to learn so much. And you really don't have a good grasp of why. Other than they tell me I need to be here, they tell me I need to do this, I need this for a job, I need this for this thing. You know what I mean? It, it, the learning for learning's sake, I think, is what's missing. Yeah. The sort of the sort of like, this makes you more valuable as a person, you know, uh, as, a, as a being, uh, I think is important. And if that could be instilled, I think that's one thing. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, um, I don't think anyone ever said that uh, no. at any level. I don't think I ever heard any idea like that until I was out of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, I, I I don't I don't know that there was any justification. Not even you know I mean I, I guess occasionally people would say certain things are useful, but it's I mean a lot of that stuff isn't that useful. So it's it's not gonna that's not gonna work. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice. It, it does seem like there's there there's a problem there, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is which is particularly bad um, here for some reason. Yeah, I uh, think. Well, I think it's because the things that our society rewards uh, don't aren't really in line with that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fundamental. You know, I mean that. that uh, that problem trickles down uh, to everything. Yeah. So uh, I re- I really think uh, getting a uh, getting a very solid functioning education system would be a huge uh, well, step in itself. You know, Obama's trying to revamp the education system. You should. Uh, <laughs> he gave a speech about that recently. I think you'd be interested in hearing. You're um, you're right. I should. I knew about it, but I haven't looked at it or watched it or whatever. Yeah, he's so. um I mean education is 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 huge and I think um I mean if we had a country where we're churning out the world's brightest and free-thinking successful people, I mean every other facet of it is going to be enhanced by that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh absolutely. It's it's uh it's a key thing and and especially with the way uh the way the way things are going in general uh having having knowledge about things is is much more important than 
than it used to be. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think as time goes on, that's only going to become more true. Um, you know, and yet, uh, that just, it just seems to be getting worse. So, um, you know, that's, I, hopefully, uh, he's got some kind of great plan. I, I really don't know what it is. I, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. No, I, I don't know all the details, but, um, uh, I heard it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, dude. We're living in a, in a crazy time where, um, yeah, there's some, there's some big, big changes are, are brewing. Clearly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, that, I can't believe I thought 200 elementary school students could be taught by one taught by one teacher. <laughs> I was so not picturing elementary school students. That yeah. When I when I thought about it, I'm like, man, that's absurd. How could that ever work? It's <laughs> ridiculous. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Yeah. It couldn't. I mean, it would be against the law to have one teacher even try to te- to be responsible for that many students in first place. So. I, I've been in a college environment for so long. I think of that as the standard, and <laughs> it's pretty routine to have a college class with two students. Why is it so hard? All you do is ask the children to hush up and listen to a professor. <laughs> well, it was... Are you threatening them with a pop quiz? <laughs> and then any lollygagging to surely deceive. <laughs> it just didn't seem that bad. I don't know. What yeah, could go wrong? No. Um, honestly, I think they say for the best learning for children, I mean, I think 15 is like an ideal class size. Mm-hmm. It's really small. Yeah, that is really <laughs> you know, small. As, as small as a village might be for a village teacher maybe. You know, yeah. that, maybe that makes sense. You know, yeah. I don't know, something like that. Right, right, right. Something, some kind of um, uh, evolutionary explanation or something. It's, you know, mm-hmm. whatever you're sort of wired to want to, whatever environment you're wired to want to learn in. Yeah. That would definitely be the ideal one. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely make sense. Um, uh, I could see that. And and it's clear that... Uh, uh, you know, having more individual time will, in general, produce better results. Uh, uh, but I just, I just think there's other problems, and that sort of that alone isn't isn't enough. Oh, there's tons. There's, I mean, how they teach material is, is yeah. a big one. Um, you know what they teach. Yeah, specifically. what they teach. Um, and yeah. uh, uh, you know the the general the general attitude about education that we were talking about earlier. You know that. Much more than that, of course. The infrastructure of the schools, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, teacher salaries, um, uh, uh, whatever. There's plenty. Well, yeah, teacher salaries, incentivizing <laughs> teachers is a big one, and making sure actually that teachers are properly trained. I think there's yeah, too many an poorly trained teachers. I mean, I think that's a huge problem too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the parental thing too. I mean, it's it's. Yeah. it's I mean, I think good te- good knowledgeable teachers are are just. It's hard to it's hard to get a, the ton of them that we need. I see, which is what I, I think you're advocating. We have robot teachers, and I totally agree with you. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I didn't. Yeah, that is what I was saying. Uh, I guarantee the robot teacher will teach the same every time, <laughs> anytime. <laughs> And the robot will know what he's talking about. Yep, yep. Um, 
You know, you you know when you're in school and you're in those situations with like a problem and they're mm-hmm. you know a math problem or something and they're do the teacher's doing it and you mm-hmm. ask a couple questions and they they try to show the example and they get stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love that. Robot won't do that. Robot won't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Robot won't get stuck. No. No, no, no. Robot already knew how to do it. A robot already knew how to do it. Yeah. And thought and thought you might ask that question. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that'll be nice. That'll be nice. That's definitely something that uh, human teachers will do from yeah. time to time. <clears throat> well, that's you know how 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 good a teacher is sometimes is largely dependent on uh, how good their teacher's edition book is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. Uh, you only know this because you have the teacher's edition. <laughs> yeah, I really think that one of the one of the things one of the, like really simple measures for how knowledgeable someone is is if they can teach the class without the teacher's edition. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know that that's really a uh, that's really a key thing, and I I, I think um, <laughs> uh, there's some out there who who would have trouble. Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, that's unfortunate, especially if we're talking like elementary school material. Like that really should that really should be solid for whoever. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know a lot about education, but I, I I feel like there's definitely room for reform in just how education is taught. I mean, it's we we still have the same type of you know learning in a log cabin kind of a approach to teaching. You know, yeah. like gather around while the teacher points out stuff on the board and. You read along in your book, and and the teacher will t- make you read some stuff, and then you go do some homework, and like it's all very boring. Uh, and I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. Is you know when you have kids who, can you know do I want to do homework? Or do I want to play Xbox? Right. <laughs> Which I gotta say, the Xbox is probably more mentally stimulating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ouch. You know, yeah. I mean, just just physiologically. Um, <laughs> Take that homework. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I think that I think that's definitely a problem. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I don't think academic subjects are really going to ever compete on an entertainment level uh, with with video games, for example. I I think you can make learning fun, and I think I'm not you can saying make you can't it, make it fun. I just, yeah. I just don't. I just don't think they can. They can really compete on an entertainment level. I mean, yeah. they're they're fun for what they are, but they're not video games. Yeah. You know, and and you have to learn to appreciate their their qualities. Yeah. You know, to enjoy them. Well, one of the one of the things that that I've observed is students definitely, and you sort of what you were just saying sort of expresses this like when and what you were expressing was incompetence but you know in some cases it's not really incompetence you you go to a a teacher and you know ask them for help with a problem and they don't instantly know how to do it you know they Mm -hmm. they maybe get stuck on it or something have to think about it you know Mm -hmm. and and it does seem uh a particular um well i don't know it, it does seem that in general that uh, students are are uh, what's the word uh, uh, discouraged by this? Yeah, like they they take this as as a sign that it's impossible, and there's just sort of no hope. If the teacher is having trouble with it, 
then then it must be sort of, you know. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think at the very least it adds to the uh, notion that, you know, the, the concepts of the subject is really hard, that it's really hard yeah. to grasp. You know, a lot of, I mean, when I was in calculus, I mean, I could do that stuff, and I did, I did okay. Um, but I never was like, man, I'm on the verge of cracking calculus, you know, <laughs> like I'm about to – you know, peer the edge, peer over the edge of this uh, of this concept here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I knew that it was it was going to be some stuff, and they were going to teach me how to work problems. Yeah, and to give me the tools I needed to solve problems, and that was the best I could do. And I think, yeah, when you when a teacher, you know, especially when a teacher has the sort of authority, and you know, you assume this knowledge over a subject. Uh, and uh, and then it's like, oh, they don't even know that, or you know, it's like, you know, the time before when they could tell me the, you know, the formula for this. Is that just because they memorized it? And you know, and if you know, yes, you know what I mean. It's just <laughs> that's that's definitely yeah, yeah. So I guess I mean, for me personally, like I kind of flip that around. I take experiences like that as encouraging, where I I view it as. You know, first of all, if they're having trouble with it, it's it's not so bad that I was. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I I feel like I learned something about the problem solving process. You know, I feel like I observe a professional solving a problem, and mm-hmm. you know, I feel like that teaches me something about what it's like, what it should be like to do this. You know, this. Yeah, I mean, there's de- there's definitely those elements too. But when it's like you know, it's a problem in the book, and it's like you're it's a po- you know, it's supposed to be done the same way the one before it was done. If the teacher can't figure out why the answer isn't lining up, you know, yeah. to me that's a problem when it's like, well, this was the solution and this is, this, you know, it's in the chapter about yeah. quadratic equations, so you think right. you should use it. And, yeah. you know, it's the book of misprint, uh, you know. Yeah, what, what, there's you always know, that there's, worry. Usually, usually when that happens to me, it's because I copied the problem down wrong. Mm. That that's like ninety percent of the time when I'm getting something that doesn't match. It's I I just I put a minus instead of a plus or something. Yeah, that was and, good. And that just ruined the whole. And like you know, it was a board long calculation, and so you know the whole thing is messed up. And if I redid it, it would work, but I don't want to now. <laughs> it's too late. Um, but you know, at a certain level, I mean. The problems get you know where where you should have to think about them you know where it's not oh true yeah and uh, I I guess uh, uh, you know if a professor is doing it in the moment I mean it does you know you, you get put in that position sometime where you've just, you've done that like twenty times before and so you instantly know how to do it and it gives the impression that you figured out how to do it in that like five seconds but the reality is you just done it a lot and so you instantly mm-hmm. remember how you do it. Yeah, you know, and you you haven't actually just figured, and I somehow I feel like that's that gives the I wrong think, impression about you know about what problem solving is really like, and yeah, uh, you know, and and how how you know how they should perceive how their teachers solve problems. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I think ideally you want to have that situation where here's a problem you don't know how to do it, but the stuff you know will show you how to do it. I mean, that's sort of the point. Um, but it's weird when, you know, uh, when that doesn't seem to be the case and it just seems like, well, no matter how much I learn, I, you know, I'm going to come into problems that just, I won't be able to solve, you know? And I think a lot of that just comes down to how it's taught, you know? Yeah. 
Um, like I said, I don't know why I can't instantly tell you what 48 times 7 is. You know, uh, I could tell you in a couple seconds, uh, but I, yeah, I just feel like too. I should know that. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't I just know that? Maybe. I mean, it, I it, can, wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt if you did. I can tell you the last number is a 2. That's good. That's a start. <laughs> you know what? That's, hey, that's something. Yeah, and I know I have to carry a four. Now, hey, give me a couple go. more seconds, and then I can tell you the rest. See, it's just you're slowly spitting out the information. Yeah, yeah. It's like and a maybe, I mean, 1930s you know. calculator. <laughs> <laughs> carry the four. Cha-ching. <laughs> Add seven plus four. Eleven. Cha-ching. The answer, 112. Yeah. I don't even know what number I said. Did I say yeah. 75 or 45? 48. Uh, now I don't remember. There was a seven and a four. The coolest thing is multiplying a double-digit number by 11. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, man. Yeah, when you told me about that, I figured out why that was, but now I forget. There was was some really obvious reason why that works. Well, because the ones make you copy the numbers just by how you multiply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just because of the ones. One times something is the same thing. Okay, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) I remember it being really simple, but, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, no, that's nice. Um, Yeah, 13 times 11, uh, 143. Of course, that's that's tied in, I think, uh, to the base 10 thing I, th- I think uh i think if you if you switch bases you get different numbers that do that oh man don't even try to switch bases <laughs> why don't not? even try to switch bases. you know we only have base 10 because blah, yeah blah, blah 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 yeah um and you know if we met aliens chances are they wouldn't necessarily use base 10 yeah so uh we gotta we gotta have a broader understanding of arithmetic it's not about base well, 10 Oh, I'm sure it's not, but I'm just saying, like, don't, yeah, they're all kinds of crazy ones, and there's no need to change. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Except for computers. Except for computers. Binary's fine. Yeah, computers like binary and hexadecimal. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's it. Hexadecimal, (laughs) the only number system with letters. That's right. That's right. Unfortunately, it has letters. A4 is a number. Mm-hmm. F5, baby, F5. And F5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. What is that, like 22 in decimal? Oh, no, God. I don't even know. Let's see. Would you uh, consider So trying. A is 10, B is 11, C is 12, D is 13, E is 14, so F is 15, and then you just add, what did you say, F5? So, so it should be 20. Hello? <laughs> Are you not there? Oh, wow. <laughs> what a great time to go off after my hexadecimal calculation. You know, he's going to be really sorry he missed that one. <laughs> That was uh that was uh a lot of a lot of fun. So um god, I guess I should do the news or something.
Did you uh, figure oh. it out? Yeah, 20. I said the answer and you're gone. And I was 20, wow, was close. Yeah, yeah, F is 15, so 15 plus 5 should be 20. Oh, look at that. Yeah, F5, it's the new 20. The new 20. <laughs> yeah, my phone did the uh, the three-hour drop thing, and, oh, uh, and my battery's low, so I should probably go. We, okay. we podcasted for a long time. And, uh, okay. Oh, I'm wrong. Sorry, sorry. I want to get it right. It's actually that times 16. Oh, my God. What is the number? It's 15. Sorry, hold on. It's actually 15 times 16, which is 240. It's actually 245. Oh, that was very close. (laughs) Yeah, what did you say? 22. Okay. Yeah, the F is the second digit, so it's the you know the sixteenth place. Mm-hmm. You know, so you so you have to multiply it by that. You know what I mean? So you w- once you've gone to F, you've already gone through ten, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety, hundred. You know. Yeah, I see. So you you're counting up from there. That's a lot. Yeah, but you're actually counting by 16s because it's base 16. So it's really 1632, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. then, and then it hits 240. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, God, I just, I, I just had a moment of panic where I realized how terribly wrong I was about that. Um, you don't just, it, so F plus 5, if we were doing arithmetic, F plus 5 would be 20. F5, the number written together, 245. Thank you. That's all I have. <laughs> okay. Let the record be uh, corrected there. The record is corrected. Vaguely reminiscent of the <laughs> the error I made in really, really early episodes of Lost Slowdown about the probability of something happening. I remember I used a factorial or something, and it was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, so we uh, we got done here. I think we've been done. Okay. Um, yeah. We're 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 down to hexadecimal calculations. So <laughs> that's uh. <laughs> uh, we started at thirty rock, and now uh, now we're down to hex. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a sign of something. I don't know what, but uh, we should probably uh, stop. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, sorry you had to listen to this. No, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I we covered a lot of stuff today. Um, we did a lot of random stuff all over the place. I would like to. Um, I would be interested in doing a political podcast. There's a lot going on. Not there, to talk about. Yeah, yeah, there is. If we're gonna do that, I probably have to like. Maybe look, read a little more about it. Catch the news. Yeah, so I didn't just sound like I don't know anything. That helps. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Awesome. I might go watch BSG now. I don't know. Oh, God. Brace yourself. Are we going to watch it, or I'm going to go back and watch the beginning of the season? <laughs> Oh God! Yeah. Probably wants to watch it from the beginning of the season, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to wait that long to watch the end. That's going to be a long wait. Yeah, it's a long wait. It's a lot of stuff. That season. That, oh God! I don't remember. I, st- I remember it started really shaky. 
Yeah, the start was weird. It was the, it was the initial like they picked up where season three left off, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. We just find out who the final. Ooh. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't say all this. I don't know. <laughs> I just got worried. Anyway, we just found out certain things, and certain characters had just appeared, and they were doing things, and we didn't know why. Um, hope that's vague enough. Yeah, I think you that count that uh, that applies to every season. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think it's pretty vague. <laughs> Too vague, probably. Too vague by half. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, cool, buddy. Well, so, all right, well, see you later. Um, thanks, and namaste. Oh, yeah. Wait. No, none of that. Just uh, just a good old uh, bye. See you later, and goodbye.